Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Natural Hat Trick with Luke Lipinski, Craig Morgan, and Jamie Eisner. Welcome into episode 234 of the Natural Hat Trick Podcast alongside Craig Morgan. Natty Hattie. Jamie Eisen. Did Craig bring in a Little Caesars like water thing? I'm pizza. Luke Lipinski. Wow, you really did. Where'd you get that from? Pizza, pizza. It remains a mystery. You don't remember this story? This is part of the package in Detroit that I got long ago oh, yeah. along with the pizza, pizza guy. With the stuff. And, the, and a pizza Caesar cutter. Guy. And a duffel bag. And. <laughs> This sounds like the start of a joke or you a really walk, bad yeah, 90s you, movie. you walk into Detroit and they give you a sharp object and a duffel bag. And a stuffed animal. Yeah. That that and all a, checks out. What, what you do from really there. really sweet coffee thermos, by the way. This is one of the best ones I've ever had. Wait, so you still don't know where that little Caesar stuffed animal showed up from? No clue. Didn't come from the Red Wings. Didn't come from Little Caesars. Didn't come from the hotel. And you kept it? Yeah, I kept it. Did but, you name it? Uh, you'd have to ask my daughter. Okay. Is it Bob? I haven't named my thermos. Nobody names it there. Although you carry around a banana carrier, so I guess hey, anything's possible. Fact, I have one today. Mm-hmm. Would you like to see it? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. Okay. This is an FCC violation. Uh, rate and review the show. I'm going to say that before you hear any more of the show. I feel like that's the smart thing to do. Please rate and or review. Um, the, the most important thing is to rate. Uh, I'd like to thank Craig for um, two coffees today. That was very nice of Craig. I'm just rotating between a, an iced chai and a hot chai. This is great. Uh, Jamie, how's your drink? Jamie gets nothing. I, I, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, also, um, I'm under the impression that there are cinnamon rolls somewhere in the house. There are cinnamon rolls somewhere. Just, just not, not here. Just not here. Yes. Okay. Thanks, guys. I can guarantee you that. there are cinnamon rolls in this city. Maybe that's what happened subliminally. I knew you weren't bringing the cinnamon rolls, so, yeah, so you just, I asked them to screw up your coffee order. It's a likely story. Hmm. I was actually supposed to bring the cinnamon rolls, yeah. and I ended up with two drinks. So this you, is pretty sweet. You know who wouldn't have screwed up my coffee order? T Bear ninety four and Big N B who left us great reviews oh. on our on our podcast page nice. on Apple. Can so you thank read you. those reviews? I can. Do uh, they have anything to do with me first? Uh, no, I mean okay, that's good. There, there's well, actually, no. They, your name shows up. Are we we'll sure see. they're good? Have you read these yet? We'll find out. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna find out together. Uh, this one's from T Bear ninety four. A bit biased as a Yotes fan, but these guys are great. Craig is so dialed into the team, and all three clearly understand the game of hockey at a high level parentheticals besides Jamie's Colorado predictions <laughs> <laughs> as much as I love the Yotes I do think they do a great job of focusing on all the other NHL teams with unbiased opinions thank uh, you I actually thank I, you very much that means a lot to me when people say that they're cool with us talking about other teams too and then uh, from Big NB uh, this podcast is dope it's great to hear people talk about the Yotes for more than 30 seconds <laughs> keep up the great work wish there was more than one a week so uh, thank you both it does actually. It does really help our show to to review. So. It does. It makes it more people can hear it. GoFundMe page. 
so that we can do more one more than one mm-hmm. a week. I'm, I'll buy you cinnamon rolls. <laughs> really use a cinnamon roll right now. Counting on that. <laughs> and yes, have to open my banana carrier. Uh, I'm, well, you know that's mm-hmm. that's that's a personal thing. I would like to do more. Could than you one imagine that week. being said in any other context? Like just Craig walking up to somebody is like, "Don't make me open up my banana carrier." Yeah, in Detroit, <laughs> but yeah. but only in Detroit. Um, let's talk about the Coyotes for thirty seconds, and then we'll wrap up the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where do you want to start? I'm going to start with the uh, let's start with Vegas because <laughs> I don't get it. Neither I don't get it. Do I? It's 24 hours later. Nobody I've talked to understands it, and I don't know why it bothers me because I don't really care if Vegas wins or loses. In fact, just to make it our jobs more uh, enjoyable and entertaining this year, I'd prefer Vegas lost. I guess, mm. but I don't get it. They were. I guess they had to come out with this statement and say it was all performance related. I think a lot of us wondered if there was something else behind it because Vegas is three points out of first place. This is not a Mike Yo situation. This is not a lot of the other situations that we have seen, but this team went to the cup final in an expansion year just two seasons ago. They were, as you noted, Luke, they they might have gotten back there if not for a bad call against San Jose last season. They're three points out of first place. Their underlying numbers look great. They're probably going to figure this out. They're probably going to win this division. Yeah, to me, is that there is something more here. And it's not the something more that we've seen with other coaching changes this year. But this screams to me the classic, there was a butting of the heads with the GM and the coach lost. That's what that screams. That, be, that's right? what that screams to me. It has to be. That there, that there, there was a heart-to-heart, and it's my way or you're out. Well, I'm not doing it your way. We'll find somebody else. Like I can't imagine there, uh, what else this could have possibly been. I mean, you you have to come out and say it's performance based because in this year everyone's going to think it has something to do with right. with either what you've said or or a, whether it's verbal abuse or physical abuse. So you have to get that out there. But this is just it feels like he lost a power struggle. Do you think they he went a step further and said, "Let's who could I bring in to really tweak Gerard Gallant?" Ah, hey, Peter DeBoer, that clown, the guy he called a clown last. That's <laughs> yeah. that that part of the story didn't Crazy. even hit me for like an hour yesterday, yeah. and then I was driving out to Gila River Arena. And I'm like, wait a minute. It's like the one guy, Gerard Gallant, who by all accounts is a pretty nice guy, couldn't stand, at least not publicly. This is how weird it is. If you just go to Wikipedia, it lists you know all the NHL head coaches, but it doesn't list their current records for this season. Like They don't update it every day in that regard. So if you just started coaching with your current team this season, you don't have a record on Wikipedia. 14 of the 31 teams have coaches without records right now. Half the league has replaced coaches mm-hmm. for this season. That's too much. Yeah, I wrote about this last year, and I talked to Gerard Gallant about it, and now he's gone. Rick Tockett, the 11th longest tenured coach in the league. He's going to be definitely top 10 by the end of the season. You know there will be coaching changes after the season. He's probably going to be like top 7. When we're all said and done. There's, there's no teams left to change coaches. Well, sure there are. Well, all. yeah, there's Detroit. Oh, well, yeah, there's one team, Detroit, who has fewer wins than coaching changes in the <laughs> yes, league this year. Yes, that was a great tweet by Dimitri <laughs> Villapova. Yeah. Jeff Blashill is now the third longest tenured coach in the NHL, and he's coaching one of the worst teams I've seen in the last 10 years. Uh, yeah, and how long do you get to say, well, we're rebuilding, so we're not, we, we can't win games? I don't know why Detroit wouldn't fire him. I hate advocating for people to be fired, but I don't know why they wouldn't fire him right now and hire Gallant tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, that's perfect for Detroit. Detroit's going to have their pick of, of coaches that shouldn't be available, but to me, Gallant, Gallant is the best. Do you want to go to Detroit if you're Gallant? Mm, not or do you want to wait? Maybe think about Seattle? Yeah, I don't know. The last literally anywhere else I went to, I took him to the Stanley I, I, Cup. I, yeah, and I, I really don't know how to do this. With an well, the last game. Eastern Conference team didn't even give him a cab ride home. So <laughs> that's true. Seriously, <laughs> I mean, seriously, if you're Seattle, aren't you looking at this just thinking, 
oh my God, we have the perfect coach. Yeah, but look what he did. If you're Gallant, you're going to say, well, okay, if I take over and take them to the cup in the first year and, and almost take them to the cup the second year, that won't be enough. Right. I already did that with one expansion team. He probably knows that already, but as you know, evidenced by his quotes last season when I spoke to him. It's just these these guys all understand how crazy it is, and I I didn't get a great answer from Rick Tockett when I asked him this yesterday, but I wonder. You know, obviously, coaches think that it's it's unfair, it's not right, and a lot of good coaches are losing their jobs often for the wrong reasons. But I didn't I didn't get a great answer from when I asked: Are they just not given enough rope now? Are you just not patient enough with these guys? And it, it I guess it's pretty clear that teams are not. But this is the extreme example. I mean, the I NHL. Yeah, talked yes. about this yesterday. Well, Vegas specifically. Vegas shouldn't even be good yet. This is year three. You should be like. You should be hovering around being relevant right now. And instead, you've already been to the Stanley Cup and probably, I think, would have at least gone to the Western Conference Final you last year. You were in first place a week ago. You're three points out of first place. That's the other thing I've seen a lot of with, with the whole it's performance-based. You can spin it to say it's performance-based. Look, they're they're clinging to a wild card spot. If they go on a two-game winning streak, they're in first place. Right. That's this yeah. division. It's been leapfrog for Again, he lost more the, than a month. He lost the power struggle. He that, lost that, that, to Buffalo. Well, yeah, which probably like three coaches have been fired this year after losing to Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> um, but look, you lost the power struggle, and I, I, there's something more there. I imagine people inside the league that are making those decisions, whether it's Seattle or another GM or another front office, is probably more aware of what's going on than we are. But it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. You know what's interesting when you look at the uh, when you look at the top ten coaches that are longest tenured. Most of these guys, we have opined at or, or wondered at various points this season whether they were on the hot seat. John Cooper, Paul Maurice, we we, we wondered why he got the extension he got way back when. But yeah. if Winnipeg fails to make the playoffs, I could see him being a casualty. But I tell you what, at this point, I admire teams that are willing to stick with a coach and have yeah. some stability. Yeah. Blashill, Tortorella, who somehow has the Blue Jackets in playoff contention. Great just bizarre. Bruce Boudreau, um, and then Claude Julien. Montreal yeah. is just abjectly bad now. They really are. That's that's a weird one. But I mean, now, <laughs> I guess if you want to win Coach of the Year, there's there's a pool of really only like a few coaches that are eligible to win it because they're actually coaching the same team all season. <laughs> how often? And, and I haven't gone back and looked at this. How often have we had coaches fired in season and then rehired within that season? That's what's happening now. It's happened twice. Yeah. Yeah, that is weird. It's weird. It, why do we keep recycling the same guys? And I would be if, if he wasn't working in one place. Is it just the voice or? Well, and here's the thing: I didn't necessarily think DeBoer should have been fired from San Jose. I just don't think San Jose is that good talent wise on no. the roster. But I, I don't like the new guy. Bob Bugner's not getting any more out of them than than DeBoer was. But Gallant definitely should have been fired. Now, what's what's going to be frustrating for him is Vegas is going to go on a run here because they were going to anyway. And management's going to say, look, it's because we brought in Pete DeBoer, the guy you called a clown. That's what's going to happen. So if I'm Gallant, I'm just trying to get a coaching job back in this division. But that's also why we're not going to let that happen. We're going to bust that narrative. We are. Chance We're we not going to allow the St. Louis narrative. I that, I oh yes, the, that, that, that's, our good friend Justin. I, I love Justin on it yesterday. Yeah, I, do too. I consider Justin a friend. That no, no we're not doing that. I'm By sure the way, he's not the only one that said it. Uh, no, yeah, and it's wrong, and we're not going to allow it. But. If you want to do a comp there, it's probably more like some of those Penguins teams from a few years back where people thought they were a cup contender anyway. They were underperforming slightly, changed the coach, and went on a run. But like that that's a much bigger comp than the Blues. 
That feels Ooh. like a Penguin segue to me, by the way. I'm just, I'm just so thankful that Mike Sullivan is the Penguins head coach. Yeah. That's just honestly. How are they doing this? Mike Sullivan. Every year, that seems Not like. like this, no. though. This team was supposed to be. Without Crosby and Gensel. Yeah. Yeah. And we just saw them. It was funny. We were watching because they were here over the weekend, and somebody turned to me in the press box and they're like, This team works harder than any team I've seen all season. Yeah. They really do. I don't know if we just caught them on a good night, but Pittsburgh. What, Pittsburgh is the fourth best record in the NHL. They're only four points behind the Caps with a game in hand. Are they going to win this division? Are they a cup contender? I think if they had Crosby and Gensel, yes. Well, I mean, Crosby's Crosby. back. He's got Crosby's four, back. Point four points the other night. <laughs> the question is, is do they get this level or somewhere close to it of performance from Tristan Jari the rest of the season? If they do, they're winning that division. If they don't, they're certainly a playoff team. But it's does he regress at all in the second half of the season? Does he regress a little bit? I expect a little bit. A little bit. But if he, if it's a massive regression, they might be a little bit eh. But if it's only a little bit, they're going to be in the thick of things in the top two of the Metro. The thing with Jari is he's been good in the past. I mean, it's different when you play a game here or there. But it's not like he was never good before this season. Oh, but he's a Vezina contender at the moment. Yeah, well, yeah, no, this is different. Um, I, I don't want to... I don't want to overstep here, but I feel like typically goalies, when they regress, it's between seasons or like it's the next season. I could see him regressing next season. I don't know if he's going to win the Vesna this year. I could see him regressing a little bit this season, but I, I, honestly, if they had Gensel, I would consider them a legit cup contender if yeah. he was coming back at yeah. some point. But I mean, the fact that he's not and in the East, I don't know, but I, I, I can tell you it's a more likable team than some of the teams, some of the Penguins teams in years past that were loaded and underachieved because. We saw him the other night, and it's like it's Latang and Malkin. That was before Crosby is back, and you look around, and it's well. Brian Rust having a pretty damn good season. Rust is a yeah, he's a machine this year, career season. But then you look at the rest of the lineup, and it's like Teddy Bluger and yeah. Brandon Tanev, who scores every time he plays the Coyotes, and I hear Teddy about Bluger it. Bluger scored in the shootout to beat him. Jared McAndrews scoring way more than he should in the last like three weeks. <laughs> but that's not Brandon Tanev, of course. You know, I mentioned yeah. him. You, yeah, because yeah, he scores every time he plays the Coyotes. Yeah, he's uh, pretty good, actually. He's having a pretty good he's season. He's having a decent year. And then, uh, good soon thing you got him locked up for six. <laughs> six <laughs> and, decent years. And then soon to be healthy scratch, Alex Galchenyuk. Oof, wow, that's, that was... He's been bad. He's been terrible. Yeah, I mean, they basically... Horrible. Just terrible. <laughs> basically gave up Phil Kessel for nothing on yeah. their roster this year mm-hmm. and got better, which doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's Mike Sullivan, and it's the fact that Malkin... Every time Crosby gets hurt, plays out of his mind, and he did again this year. But you know what it is, and other teams really should try doing this, is uh, there's so many guys on that team that make an impact. I know it's easier when you have Crosby and Malkin playing with them that were taken in the third round. You know, it's it's sort of what we were talking about last week. You don't have to have the first overall pick. And again, I get that Crosby was the first overall pick. But these other guys that, that they've plugged in, like, John Marino's been really good. Dominic yeah. Simone's been decent. I mean, the, all these guys that they've plugged in. Brian Rust. Brian Rust wasn't a high pick. No. He yeah, John a, Marino's right now a, a Calder contender. Yeah. So. Yeah, he probably is. Uh, Rust was the 80th pick in the 2010 draft. Yeah. And it's not like he's brand new either. He's been around. He scored that big goal against uh, Tampa in the Eastern Conference Finals. I, it's it's coaching. And that is uh, never more apparent than this season when half the teams now have gotten rid of their coaches. So it's six out of eight. Pacific Division teams have changed coaches in the last nine months. Like, if you just had a kid, 75% of the Pacific Division changed their coaching staff. Right. While I'm you sorry were pregnant. you named him after a Pacific Division coach. <laughs> Don't do that again. Um, who coaches the All-Star game? That's in doubt still. Uh, I've been uh, emailing with the league, actually, asking them. Uh, <laughs> they are just as perplexed by this situation as we are. 
not because, you know, they're not going to comment on whether Gerard Collant should have been fired or not, but I had someone tell me that this is more bizarre than the John Scott situation. <laughs> they're trying to sort through it. Oof. They, you know, and I can tell you, Rick Tockett is definitely in consideration. But he should be. He should be the they, leading candidate. Yeah, yeah. I think he is. It's just that they don't want to ask people to drop all their plans that they had for the break at this late a date and say, you have to come coach the All-Star game. So they're, they're sorting through this. I don't know when an announcement is going to come. I would think it would have to come in the next couple of days because a lot of teams take off or a, yeah. a lot of coaches will take off after Saturday. Well, Rick Tockett would because they're on break. Yeah. But uh, some other teams play next week, so I, I don't know how this is going to sort out. It's just a crazy situation. Uh, they'll name somebody, but, yeah. like, do you need to? That was kind of my thought. Do you really need a coach? Who cares? Three? I mean, couldn't you? Like, I think it would be an honor, and the Coyotes don't seem like they're going to be represented at all in the All-Star game if it's not Tockett, even though they're in first place. But do you need a coach for three-on-three? Three? I don't know. And also... And maybe maybe it's the same thing with a player, but how would you feel as a coach if you're the replacement all-star coach of a division, mm-hmm. not even a conference, of a division? It depends. It depends. Like, yeah. It'd be like, yeah. yeah. Especially okay. like, it's These like, thanks, oh, you, second choice an all-expense pay trip to St. Louis. Yeah, well, there's that too. <laughs> well, there's, I guess there's worse places you could go. There's definitely Winnipeg. better places you could there, go. Yeah. No, yeah. Winnipeg's lower, Buffalo. Yeah, sure. uh, I'll stop. I don't want to offend more listeners. Where'd you get your thermos from? That's a great if, city. But he would enjoy. I appreciate all the gifts. Yes, and he would. Enjoy, but he enjoys the arena. Yes, and the, and the special Little Caesars pizza that is apparently like secret formula. The arena is amazing, but uh, you know all that development that the Illiches were supposed to do around it. Uh, that's not looking so good. Oh, a lot of nice parking garages, but no housing, no development. Good job. There. A lot of nice parking garages sounds like ASU. Just, just let Connor McDavid be player coach. It would, yeah. I mean, just yeah. have player coaches. Just pick one of the. Let them elect one player to be a player coach. That'd be fun. Just have one. Heaven of the forbid they do anything fun or exciting at the NHL All Star Game ever again. But <laughs> have one of the people that's calling the game or on the broadcast just go coach it and be mic'd up or whatever. I don't know. To answer your question, if I'm Rick Tockett and I get called in as the replacement, I'm I feel okay about it because I'm in first place. If I'm like Todd McClellan and it's like, hey, your team's terrible and we just need somebody, that's a little bit different. What if they are not in first place? By the time, you know, like what if they lose to Vancouver, fall out of first place? You, this division is that crazy, right? Yeah. yeah. So but, but they're, that, that they're complicates things too, right? Just yeah. name Peter DeBoer. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of what it looks <laughs> oh, like, right? That clown? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Give him Gerard Gallant's house and his car and everything. This is like the talented Mr. Ripley, even though I haven't seen his that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie. So how do you feel about still going to the All-Star Game <laughs> how about just this? with Peter DeBoer? Just wave, just wave one future find from John Tortorella and let him coach the Pacific. Oh, yeah. Yeah, or yeah, just start to predict who's going to get moved over to the Pacific eventually. Anyway, or just let Gallant coach it because he's going to be coaching Seattle in the Pacific. I, I, in two that years was anyway. my thought. Let him coach it because he earned the honor. I let doubt him he wants to though. Yeah, that's. May, I don't know. You know, I mean, if, he, if he wants to, let him it's do not it. Like the but, players in Vegas hate him, right? And, no, and, but do, do you really want to, that spotlight just being told on national TV over and over true. again? What's how often like you've been fired? You? What's this like for you? I don't need Pierre Maguire asking him why what it what it feels like, what he's gonna do when All Star Week's over because he doesn't have a job. That's not Where'd fun. you go to high school again? I wanna mention that on the air. <laughs> um it's just weird. And the reason it's such a weird situation is because teams don't fire their coach when they're about to coach the All-Star game. Also, what was so urgent for Vegas? I know the season's spiraling out of the out of control, you might still win the Stanley Cup. You could have made this decision right at the break, right? Sure. That, again, that's why everything points to there was an argument and he lost. 
Because he has less power than the GM. We had to give Peter DeBoer. He wouldn't be available in four days. Yeah, that, that's what it says. It, it's a, we're going to do this. I'm not going to do this. Well, then we're, then you're fired. Fine. I mean, that that's, has to be what this is. They had three games left for yeah. the break. Yes, and they could be in first place by then. <laughs> Those are over. Also, yeah, and yeah, and you exactly. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they go to Montreal next. By the way, everybody's beating Montreal lately. So, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, I think I like the All Star Game more than you two do, and probably more than most people do, just because I do like watching the three on three, and more than anything, I like watching the skills competition. But if you are in the camp that the All Star Game is a joke. You could certainly point to the fact that there's 11 players on the Pacific Division team and none of them are on the team that's currently in first place. And somehow Vancouver has three people. I know. Well, that's because, you know. Yeah, we know. They're going to win contest. the cup? I mean, <laughs> well, yes, they're fans. They're a lot better than they actually are. Vancouver has three. Calgary has three. Caddies have none. Well, so this is why this is stupid. Like, look, look at the goaltenders for the Pacific. It's like, yeah. stop. Yeah, they're not. Neither well, one of those. I'm not going to see a lot of those. Yeah. Actually, that oh, they oh, are. Hey. Anaheim doesn't have anybody either. But Anaheim's been terrible this year. So, did Dylan Larkin end up? Uh, I haven't even checked. I know he he pleaded with the fans to make sure he didn't get to go or didn't have to go. I don't think it's any, Tyler. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, yeah, Bertuzzi's the only one yeah. that went. Okay. Yeah, so teams that aren't represented are the Coyotes, who are in first place, and the Ducks, who. Yeah, are I mean, in Orange Darcy County. Kemper's hurt, so yeah. what are you going to do? It's hard to, again, With you've mentioned this a hundred times, with the format they have of having to have specific positions when a goalie gets hurt and he's your one representative, that's a tough situation. What are you going to do? Put Aiden Hill in there? <laughs> Prosvitov by the time the All-Star game. Yeah, that's true. But uh, at least in the Pacific, they had two forwards drop out. They could have replaced one of them with a Coyote, knowing full well Darcy Kemper's been hurt for a month now. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. Um Tuka Rask? Yeah, I like what he said. He called it a, when he was inter- interviewing with reporters. He told them his reasons for skipping the All-Star game. And he, he said, this is a selfish thing. I'm going to go be with my family. That's not selfish at all. I, I need to get that message out more. Like if if one of the coaches is asked to coach the specific All-Star team and says, no, I'm spending time with my family, nobody should hold that against him. No, especially that's when that's you priorities. A week's notice. Family still comes before the game. And this is really... It's really I understand they're high paid whatever blah 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 but this is they're your, not paid to play this game no right well and this their, is their also, counter does not make them have to play this game this is really your only break with your family throughout the season it really is I mean especially now especially now right yeah. this this schedule is crazy now there's just no time to do anything these guys deserve this break again I don't like the All Star Game period I understand you have to showcase your stars somehow but. This isn't it for me. What uh, you wrote down some some of the best options to replace the current All Star. Well, I wrote format. a couple of my own. I was hoping you guys would come up with your own. I have one. Well, Did also, I, let me just say, Craig, since I never give you credit for this, the podcast show notes are very colorful. Thank I you. like that and you're a little different than they, they are. are a little different than normal, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, uh, nice touch. Alternating colors in some of them, and, and for some teams it really works, and then for some it doesn't. Like oh. Penguins, I can only see the NGUI because yeah. the other letters are in yellow. It might have been intentional. <laughs> How are the Ngui doing this? <laughs> um, all right, so give me some of these uh, the three on three tournament. That you I've mentioned this before. For, yeah. You know, I want every team to have their own three on three club. It'd be seven players, a goalie, seven skater or six skaters, and just play a bracket format. Right? Yeah. Just eliminate a team after one game until you have a championship game. It would be perfect once you get that 30-second team because that's a, a perfect bracket. Exactly. And also, it will never happen. Yeah. Until then, until then, you could have a bye for one team. One team earns a bye. Team with the best record. 
Unless that changes at the last second. Actually, it probably doesn't work with the brackets. I'd have to figure this out. No, like 15 teams would have a bye. Okay. Whatever. No, we'd have to do that. That's just a problem to be solved. Okay. How about Circus on Ice? No? You didn't like this one, did you? Um, I mean, I liked some of it. (laughs) Did you see Connor McDavid out racing fire is amazing. Patrick Kane juggling pucks. Zidane Char posing for pictures with everyday fans. Who look like, did you see that tweet Nathan that Kirby. looked like children next to him? Yeah, exactly, Nathan Kirby. <laughs> look at that photo. With, uh, with Are Chara? They the same species? Yes. Yeah, that's... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Too bad you can't see it, listeners. That's a photo. Uh-huh, we're taunting you. Oh, Nathan Gerby tweeted it out. Yeah. No, yeah. I didn't even realize yeah, yeah. That. that makes it even better. <laughs> Look at the size. Look at the size of Char next to him. It's yeah. absurd looking. Since this is an audio format, Nathan Gerby tweeted out a photo of him trying to make a play on a puck with Chara next to him. He's half the size of him. And he Literally said, half the size. He said, this is photoshopped, right? It does look like. It looks like somebody airbrushed Chara in or like photoshopped him in. Um, I still like the idea of... Just having a draft. It's like it's not the most complicated concept. They used to do it. Why yeah. not just have them do that? Sixty-four player shootout contest. Let's go. <laughs> I love. Uh, do you remember? I, of course, you don't remember it. Why do I ask these things? Showdown in the NHL. You don't remember showdown. This? You know, you have no idea. Tell us stories of your youth, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> what a jerk! <laughs> Still bitter about that coffee. Oh, yeah, I should have drinks of Thanks my for the milk. cinnamon rolls, Jamie. L- L- yeah, L- Luke is double-fisting chai lattes. Hot and cold chai yeah. lattes at the same time. I wonder how many weeks consecutive I could have an error in the coffee delivery and Jamie I, not suspect that something's I, up. I think you could do it for a year. I don't yeah. think that'd be too Try tough. That. Um, it's, it's simple. Just outdoors, four captains pick the teams. Not pick the teams from the NHL teams. You give them their 40-player pool to draw from, and that's it. This is not difficult at all. It no. is a simple solution, and you're going to get the people that are football fans that want something to watch that day. There's an outdoor game, and it's three-on-three. You want to bring new fans in, the three-on-three helps. The outdoor gets them to at least pay attention. You're not going to revolutionize the game. You're not going to triple your viewership because you did this, but it's better than the current format, and it doesn't alienate certain teams or bore traditional hockey fans. There, I just solved everything. Done. Can, are we done with this? Do you do you have any contributions, Jamie? He just like usual. Is. I do not. Okay. I had my sixty-four man shootout contest. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, would you have Brad Marchand in that shootout? <laughs> <sighs> I've never seen that even in adult league. How do you come back from that? How do you come back from that? I mean, you're Brad Marchand, so yeah, you'll find a way. But wow, just to miss the puck. I mean, he grazed it, which is why. The shootout attempt was over, I guess. I really don't even know the rules there. What happens if you completely miss the puck? Can you come back and get it? He looked like somebody golfing for the first time, and they just put the (laughs) the ball. ball. Um, Or it just dropped off the tee. He had a a couple decent responses, though, to fans on Twitter. Did you see his response? I didn't look at him, actually. It was just uh, the winking emoji and him holding up the cup, (laughs) which is a pretty good response to all the people he was... uh, I mean, obviously, for Brad Marchand, you're going to get trolled on Twitter. From he's, he's holding up the cup, yeah, the Stanley Cup from 2011. Yeah, it's from a while yeah. ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's quite a comeback. That's Look at what I did nine years ago. Yeah, well, yeah, um, <laughs> but if you didn't see it again, it's not like he missed the puck on a shot. He missed the puck at center ice. Yes, just completely, just, just completely left it behind. It. Yeah, um, Morgan Riley. Oof. Does this Oof. actually? I don't know. Like, there's always fabricated drama around the Leafs. No, are we <laughs> this is not fabricated. Yeah, well, the, well, no. He, I mean, he's their best defenseman, obviously. Yeah, but. and they don't have an abundance of those. 
No, but they're also not statistically a lock to make the playoffs they're right now. They're two points out from yeah. falling out of the playoffs. That's yeah. my point. And, and with a, a loss that big on a blue line that was already suspect, what does this do to the Leafs? Does it, does it ensure that they're going to be like a wild card team? Or does it drop them out of the playoffs entirely? And can you imagine the reaction in Toronto if it does? I don't think it'll drop them out of the playoffs. I think they'll still finish second or third in the in the Atlantic. It probably takes them out of the running yeah. to, to catch Boston. I mean, they're 10 points back anyway. Um, but it sort of illustrated to me, or it just reminded me, how bunched up the Eastern Conference is at the bottom of the, uh, the playoff picture in the sense that, yeah, I mean, there's going to be a team that goes on a bad run out of the All-Star break and then misses the playoffs because of it. It's not going to be Toronto. They, I mean, Austin Matthews scores two goals every home game. But... It's going to make things interesting. And if you were a Leafs fan that thought, hey, maybe we could sneak into first and make Boston and Tampa Bay play each other in the first round, I think that's probably out the window now. Yeah, I think that's out the window regardless probably, at this point, yeah. the way Tampa Bay's playing. And, but, but Boston's not playing great, but they're treading enough water by getting points. That, they are really good at getting points and yeah, losses. Yeah, I think I looked at their last 20 games. They're 7-6-7, seven, seven, which is a <laughs> weird. weird, weird line to have. But it's enough to kind of keep them up there. You know, look, they're saving graces. The only team, I mean, I don't consider Buffalo a playoff contender, so the only team that's going to catch them in the division would be Florida. So that's the only team you're holding off. The team that just scored eight on Toronto? Yeah. But it's also a team that lets in eight goals whenever it feels like to. Yeah, you say so, they scored eight. Did they win that game? Because Florida, they give, up, they give up four to New Jersey. Florida's going to be the first team that loses uh, a game 10 to I'm not, I'm not convinced Toronto's making it. I'm not convinced. I think their blue line is that bad. Nah, they'll get in. I agree. Their blue line is that bad, but they'll they'll be they'll be third in the Atlantic. Third, okay. And they'll play Tampa yeah. in the first round. You think they'll? Okay. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I still take them over Florida for the rest of the season, despite the blue line issues. Yeah, that's just, the only that's the only team that can knock them out of third. Buffalo's not coming up to get them. No, agreed with that. Yeah, that's the thing. It doesn't really matter how good Philadelphia and Carolina and Columbus do over in the Metro as as wild cards that could pass them if they still finish third in the Atlantic. I could see Florida catching them. Well, that would be a great story. By the way, what if I would have told you at the beginning of the year that on January 16th that Columbus would only be two points back of Toronto with the same amount of games played? Mm-hmm. If you had told me, I would laugh. If you had told people in Toronto, I think the city would have shut down. Um, but also, I don't think people expected Columbus to be doing as good as they are. To Jamie's point on Boston. That was, that was the point, but yes. Well, okay. But <laughs> Do you want to explain that further? And Toronto well, Jamie's to be trying, as bad as Okay, Booker McFarland, do you want to explain Jamie that? talk and you can drink some more of your coffee. Yeah, you go ahead, Jamie. I'm just going to drink two coffees I'm at just, the same time. I'm just, yeah. Good, good. Drink them both right now. I was Well, I was going to try and back up your point on Boston with the uh, the fact that they still have single-digit regulation losses and yeah. we're in mid-January. And look, seven, seven of their 12 overtime losses are in a shootout because they're 0 for 7 in the shootout, which is... I mean, I guess I, now I understand why. Yeah, now we've seen... Because they, they don't know how the shootout works, like Brad Marchand. Don't carry <laughs> but, the puck all the yes, way up. That's a uh, perfect but, illustration. <laughs> so now I have a much better understanding of their issues. Create but, a meme of that, please. That's that's the perfect illustration. Why Boston is 0-7 in the yeah, shootout. They're showing you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Carter Hart, out two to three in weeks. Photos. Yes. It's <laughs> just in photo. A slideshow. You could probably get a lot of hits if you just made it a slide. It's show, like skating right? over the puck. You're like, Boston improves to 0-7. Mm. <laughs> improves to 0-7. What, like what, what would you do? Like, unimproves? Deproves? Falls to? Falls to. Falls, uh, yeah, falls to, but I, I was hoping there's like one word. Feels mm. like you should be more dramatic with that word. Yeah. After some Plummets, completely yeah. whiffs. Can I talk yeah. about Carter Hart now? That's all I really want Briefly, to do. Briefly, sure. sure. It's what? really not that big a deal with the break coming up. He's out two to three weeks. Yes. That's so it. he's going to miss like three games? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. 
cool. Philadelphia without Carter Hart, though, is a, is a scary proposition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They won't have to do it for long. Uh, we kind of mentioned Tampa Bay going on this tear. They just look like Tampa Bay. Their they, loss was to New Jersey. Yeah, New That's Jersey. That's what broke yeah. the street. They oh, beat by Washington, the way, too. New yeah. Jersey did. Yeah, New Jersey won on the two-game little stretch there. Uh, came back down to earth. Tampa plays Jersey uh, tonight to end their homestand. Uh, they're winning that game by seven. <laughs> you know, what's funny is uh, the NHL.com had a story looking at how both the Coyotes and New Jersey have benefited from the Taylor Hall trade. No. Okay, okay, first, first of all. Incorrect. None of those players that they got are even there yet, so... Stop. Yeah. Secondly, but just saying, yeah, since Taylor Hall went, the jersey's playing well. Yeah, it had nothing to do with the fact that they fired their coach and GM. Yeah. Also, <laughs> they played well for like three games. I like, know, exactly. It was like, both are benefiting, really? This is the, yes. That's a classic NHL.com story, though. Everything's Every, sunny. Everything. Is, everybody's great. Everybody's going to win the cup awesome. this year. Uh, the Red Wings are, they're in the league. They're playing. They have more points than Seattle. I was going to say something about Detroit, yeah. but, but also Seattle's going to be good, too. Don't, yeah. don't trash them. Um, New Jersey. See, by the way, somebody asked us this in the questions, and I want to just bring it up now. Because it's a fair question. Seattle. Have they lost all momentum yes. when it comes to any excitement about naming the team in Seattle because it's been 18 years since yes. they've said anything? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't care anymore. They should have done it. I remember looking last year, and I, I wish I could find the site. It was great. It was some. It, it was it was an independent artist, but they put out basically what was their eleven names? They were yeah. they put out mock up like jerseys. Like it looked really good of all eleven possible names, different colors for each one. Like it was it was done really well. And I'm sorry, I don't remember who did it. And that was last April. When, yeah. And so they'd already been talking about the names. It's been nine months. We've all forgotten even what the names are. Everybody's been fired since then, and we still don't know. <laughs> yeah. If Dave Tippett were still there, this wouldn't have happened. But he's already coaching another team, too. He go. may have to and coach four teams. With the lack of naming, too. Yeah. Just, like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Can't name a team? Come on. It is a great question. When we get to it, I'll, I'll mention who's, whoever asked that. But, yeah, it, way, to, way to overplay your hand there. Like, we yeah. were all excited, and now we've all moved on to— Look, look you're not going to capture the same momentum that Vegas did. There were a lot of things that came together at the right well, time. You might if you hired Gerard Gallant. But... Even so. But, no, I, I just mean about that buzz around the team coming into the league. And it was like, Vegas. It was Seattle's Vegas. It was Bill Foley. It was, I mean, there's a lot First of things. professional team. Well, major professional. There's a lot of things that happened. It, this is such a Vegas thing, right? Get to the cup, fire your coach, and you're only two yeah. and a half years in. Like it just, Everything just moves faster for them. Yeah. Watch um, out, John Gruden. Yeah. Zach Cassian and Matthew Kachuk. <laughs> Play best again. Friends or best friends? Well... I, I do think I saw Zach Cassian say, did we just become best friends as he was pummeling Matthew Kachuk into the ice? Well, they played twice. Without resistance. Yeah. yeah, that was not a great look. Um, of all the people to lay a questionable hit on, I don't know that my first choice would be Zach Cassian because I do sort of wonder. <laughs> they did score a power play goal to win that game, though. Yeah, they did. So They did. Ha yeah. ha. <laughs> <laughs> It was fun. Um, I mean, look, Edmonton and Calgary already don't like each other. They do. Edmonton's got the game against Coyotes on Saturday and then Calgary on Wednesday, and then there's the break and everything, and then they play. Or no, it's Wednesday the 29th. So actually Calgary, St. Louis, and then Calgary. And then for the Flames, it's just back-to-back games against the Oilers. I want this playoff series so badly. Do you, though? I do. I do. I I don't. I don't want to see these two teams. No? No. Why not? I don't know. I, I just Edmonton just bores me still, even with their top end talent. Like, I don't want to see I, Connor McDavid in the playoffs and Leon Draisaitl. I just want to see it. I want to see Dave Tippett in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, good luck. 
I still think they'll make it. I, I think both these teams are going to make it. I think Arizona, Calgary, St. Louis, and Vegas all make it. Or not St. Louis. Um, those four plus Vancouver. I don't know what to make of Vancouver because I haven't seen them much this year. Could could the Pacific get all five? Wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah, they could. Yeah, because I I don't know what's going to happen with Nashville and Winnipeg. It's going to be a real interesting race in the sense that there's not a team of those five in the Pacific that I look at and say they're frauds. Edmonton is the closest to that, but I respect their coach and their top two players. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not so much Edmonton's frauds. They're just, they lack any sort of depth whatsoever. Yeah, that's an understatement. By the you way, the I mean? Blackhawks have 50 points. Yeah, the, the Blackhawks are going to be there They're to annoy everybody. It. Where's my bell? It's right I'm here. taking my bell. You took it last week. I did. You? Just to fill in for I it. did. What are we going to do? If anybody ever takes that bell out of the oh, yeah. studio. Probably. I think Craig's going to cry. He's going to have to bring that giant you bell from me. home. Yeah, bring the, the giant oh, bell. Oh, the captain's bell. Yeah. Good would, luck getting past yeah. the front desk with yeah, that. Right. What would that do to our recording levels? It would be great. I would be willing to sacrifice the listeners' ears for uh, that. 50 points for the Blackhawks. Yeah. Are they back in this? No. Probably not. No, they're on the periphery, but like, no. But like, no. No. I think I don't believe it. Uh, is this, well, somebody's got to miss the playoffs. I feel, I feel right. with them like I do Columbus. Like, this is... it's. It's cool to see that they're there, but like I don't actually think they're going to be in a playoff spot, so I'm not really paying attention to them. Actually, though, I mean they are back in it. If that if that was your question, yes, they yeah, are. Huge There's, win over Montreal. Yeah, <laughs> they could just play Montreal 38 more uh, times. Is, is, is this the part of the show? Most teams are saying the same thing. This is the part of the show where I mentioned the Avs are only two points above the second wild card spot. Or, yeah, I think you should. Okay, I, I just want I just want to mention it. I just remember that how I just, just wanted to bring it up. They've lost four. In yeah, a row. but that goal differential. Mm, that's nice. Detroit's that, a minus eight. Nine fifty cents. No, that's just <laughs> staggering. I was going to make fun of New Jersey for being a minus thirty. Now read the se- yeah, read the second worst team. Yeah, and then I then I saw Detroit. And I, was, I didn't think that was possible to be a minus eighty one at the All Star break. Not even at the All Star break. Um, yes. Boy, that would be something. If Chicago got in, that would really mess things up for somebody. For St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. Nobody in the Pacific is safe. No. Agreed. Agreed. No, I agree. But. To Craig's point, I kind of would. I, I'd watch Calgary and Edmonton. I mean, I'm fine with that. I, just, I don't. I don't think it's a. I don't know if that's a marquee series to me. But well, by the way, Dallas, a, Colorado is not because you're just going to get seven five goal games. I think it'd be yeah. a bloodbath. Yeah, there's there's certain Canadian teams when they play each other that you're reminded in the playoffs. Canadians are so nice to most people most of the year, but when their hockey team is playing another Canadian hockey team in a best of seven series, you see the other side, and it's. It's ugly and entertaining. Speaking of Canada, yes. Now that Morgan Riley's out, who's Canada's best team? Prob- probably still Toronto. Jamie, uh, I th- I need clarification. Are you saying like which team has the best chance to win the cup this year, or who's the best team right now? If right they now. if they played a all Canadian tournament, yeah. which is what right Don now. Cherry always wanted. I still think it's Toronto, but it is razor thin. Like, what? What's the margin between Toronto, Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver and Winnipeg? Like, there, I don't, I don't think there's a huge difference one through five there. Um, I I would say Toronto still has the best chance to win the cup, but you can make a case that Calgary is the best team. Morgan Riley's going to be back for the playoffs. Yeah, I thought yeah, you meant like so, right today, yeah. like without yeah, Morgan Riley. Yeah, but but right now. Again, I, I got I have major questions about that blue line. Well, it's it's not Edmonton. It's no. it's either Calgary. No. It's not Vancouver. Vancouver's fine. Like they probably might probably not the Winnipeg without Dustin Buffalo. No, right? and, and without and, you know Calgary, basically the entire blue line they had last year. Yeah, they decided to get rid of it all. Calgary's got the names, but they're also the Flames. They've done this for 
three, four years now. I really thought you were going to rhyme no. for a third time. They've got the names, but they're also the flames, and it makes. And you know lame. what's to blame? Oh. Non-linear progression is what's to blame. Oh, you didn't finish with the fourth. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jamie was almost a poet. By the way, have you heard anything about Dustin Bufflin? No. Ever? I mean, yeah, he's big. No. no, I haven't. I've heard that there's some reports out there that he could start skating soon. Well, it's only January, so you've got to get on that. Yeah. Um, We mentioned the Rick Taka thing just in terms of getting into Coyotes. Taylor Hall has been pretty decent for the team. Uh, he's yeah, made an impact. Yeah, I think, based on the games I've watched, where he's averaging a point per game, he's yeah. been decent. He's had yeah, three multi-point games in his last five games. Yes, it was going to take a little while for him to adapt to a new situation and personnel. He said it's actually been easier to adapt because, as he as he put it, the coaching staff told him we'll adapt to you, and he said it was more than just lip service. They've really done that, so they've adapted to the game. They just want him to play the game that made him successful and. Three multi-point games in his last five looks pretty good. I, honestly, I thought he was fine even before he was putting up these multi-point games. Sure, but so, he, yeah, you know, I mean, nobody was fine in those two shutouts on the well, road. But but he was probably the best player. Him and Garland, yeah, were, Connor Garland. That that that's some magic going on yeah. right now. And I, look, Christian Dvorak does some good things. Imagine those two guys with a legit number one center. The again, the still the glaring hole on this roster. They don't have. A high end number one center. Yeah, no, it would be ridiculous if you. I, I, what Mark Shifley is that the example you want to use? I mean, we can't we use can McDavid. Go around, we go around the league and look at a lot of guys yeah. who are legitimate number one centers. Do the Coyotes have that guy? They don't. No, but Dvorak wins every faceoff he takes, so I think that probably helps. That line, that line's been fun. He's responsible down low. He's a he's a good two hundred yeah. foot player, no doubt. But imagine high end playmaking skills well, through the middle of the ice. By the way, the Coyotes may be altering some of their systems. Because they're not getting that play through the middle of the ice, they may like be tweaking their systems because the play is coming from the wings. So they they got to figure out how how to best utilize that. Sometimes, though, I mean, a high skill guy like Hall, you having a defensively responsible player like Dvorak on his line allows him to do it. Just sort of allows him to roam free and do what he does. I mean, I, Hall's not like a, he's never going to win the Selkie, but he's not bad defensively in his own zone just because of that speed. And he looks like somebody. It's weird. He has played like somebody that has something to prove, and he doesn't really have anything He's to prove. Played a little bit of an edge, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've really liked him to watch. Yeah, oh, I, mean, I, I mean, it's it's really early, but just from a skill level standpoint, he may be the best player the Coyotes have ever had. And look, I, he's still playing for another contract. Yeah, no, he is a free yeah. agent, so he does but, have a little something to motivate him. Sure, um, but I will go back to what I said two months before they actually made that trade. If he's here long term, I think he's going to be the best Coyote ever. I mean. And who, who have you ever seen? He could be here long term. Yeah, because he's in his prime. I think the, the the bigger names that have come to Arizona over the years have been Brett Hall. The, yeah, well, for the, yeah, they've been they're, oh, they're, they're twilight. There's a lot. Of they've those. come to golf. Brett Hall's the prime example. Would he play five games? Four or five, yeah. Because I just remember when I mentioned that that Hall could be the best Coyote ever, I got the pushback of what about Chris Pronger and Pavel Datsuk and Marion Hosa? Yeah. yeah, Hall's. If he stays past this year, I think he'll be the best Coyote ever. Um, Phil Kessel is producing some offense. Nine points in his last eight games. Now he with Kessel, it's different. Like when he first started this season, he wasn't producing. He also didn't look good. Hall has looked good since day one. His first game against well, that was against San Jose, right, where he raced down the puck in the corner and yeah. set up the, the game winner. He has clearly made Connor Garland, who was already having a good year, better, and Oliver Ekman Larson better offensively. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, and I know the people outside the city want the Coyotes to trade him, but he really is actually helping the team. 
He is, and it, it, it's, it shows you, again, we talked about it early on there, when you have a player of this talent level and you get to see them up close and personal and see the little things that they do, you're not just box score scouting, you see what that that extra gear, that extra level is that goes, oh, okay, I get why that player is as productive as he is. And that's what Taylor Hall's been. I mean, he's, he's, he's lifted that entire team, but he lifts his entire line up with him when he's on the ice. Against the other team's top you know, defensive pairings and top defensive lines, too. It doesn't seem to matter. Now, what's weird is the second line for the Coyotes isn't scoring at all anymore, and that was that was sort of who I thought was going to step up when Hall's line was taking all the defensive attention away. Yeah. It's only a few games, but they have disappeared here. I think Schmaltz and Clay- Clayton Keller have to get going again. Absolutely. Yeah. That there's Those two guys coming out of the break are going to need to step it up. Maybe they're just mentally tired. It's still They're still young players. I don't know if they're used to this, but they should be by now. But they need to start producing again. How do you guys feel about this? When I, last year, the Coyotes, but they missed the playoffs by four points. And so yep. you, you get into that, that part of wondering, like, what, you know, this team was so close to making the playoffs. Were they a playoff team? And then you watched the playoffs last year. And I just, I just remember watching some of those series and being like, the Coyotes got run right off the ice against these teams. I don't feel that way this year. I, like, I feel like if this team makes the playoffs, they can hang with those teams and they can beat some of those teams in the playoffs and maybe go on a run. It's not just because of the goaltending. I know like if you have Kemper and, and he's playing the way he's been playing, then yeah, you can win any series. I get that. But I just remember last year looking at the Coyotes get so close to the playoffs and then watching whoever, in the, even Vegas, San Jose or St. Louis. and uh, Who did St. Louis beat in the conference final last year? It was San Jose. San Jose. In the, yeah. in the conference yeah. final. I thought you yeah. meant before that. San Jose. Okay. Yeah, San Jose. San Jose. Was very fortunate. To yeah, San Jose that. shouldn't yes. have even gotten yeah. past the second oh, round either. We know. Okay. <laughs> um, but also, Golden, Golden Knights fans who are well aware of what happened with their, their new coach that I'm sure they love. Yeah, why would you do that to your fans either? I mean, San Jose and Vegas was turning into a legit rivalry, and you go and pull the coach off the other team and put him on your team. That is, anyway, there were series last year in the playoffs I watched thinking the Coyotes would be in trouble if they were in the series. I don't think there's. I don't think that's an issue so much this year. And I don't think it's just because of Hall. I think just in general they've evolved. Yes, but I think it's also going to be very important to see how they, uh, not just for seeding, but how strong they finish this season. Mm-hmm. because and, and, and how strong some of these individual players. We've talked about Clayton Keller's streakiness, Phil Kessel's streakiness from this season, Nick Schmaltz's streakiness. If those players are producing at a fairly high level, of that, at least the level we expect from them going in, I'll have a lot of confidence in the Coyotes. If those guys are cold going in, even if this is a team that's hosting a playoff series in round one, there are going to be some questions. I don't disagree with that. And I'm not even saying like confidence that they're going to go deep. It's just the thought of last year watching the playoffs. I was like, Ugh, the Coyotes aren't ready for this. And now I feel like they are. There, there's no, you, you can make the argument when healthy and when playing at their best, it's probably still Vegas. But you could make a legitimate argument to me that the Coyotes can come out of the Pacific. Yep. Yeah, definitely. I think so. So if they're hot going in, there's no reason they can't make a run in which they can win a couple of playoff series. They have enough talent to. We'll see. No, there's a lot can happen between now and three months from now when this has to happen. And a lot can change injury-wise, a lot can change performance-wise, a lot can change trade deadline-wise with teams for them or teams around them. But it matters who you play, too. Right? But, I, but the Pacific's not that good this year. It just is not that good. It's not that good, but it's also not bad. Like there's not The, the top five teams, I think, could win a playoff series against any team from the Central. It's just not... Maybe maybe, maybe take St. Louis out. Yeah. But like, I Calgary think could beat Dallas. They, Calgary could beat anybody. They just don't. That's true. Like, that's been the story the last three years. <laughs> Vegas, but, but I think, what, what beat I'm saying is, is yeah, that Vegas can beat anybody. There's no elite team in the Pacific. Yes. At least that's constru- as constructed right now. Maybe Vegas can get back to that point. But right now, there's no elite team that any of these teams can win it. The Coyotes have enough depth this year, especially up front, 
and they have the goaltending if Kepler comes back healthy. Mm-hmm. There's no reason they can't compete, and this is be a team that can make a conference final run. They're going to need some guys to step up in the second half, though, as we mentioned. Schmaltz and Keller are two of those, but uh, another couple guys at the bottom of their lineup, uh, guys like Michael Grabner and Brad Richardson, who just hasn't been nearly as effective as he was last season. He carried the team last year. He was, he was you, terrific last season, but he missed him this year. They, they really miss his presence because he's, yeah. you know, he's, he's getting thrown out of draws. He's losing battles. He's not chipping in offensively. Um, they could get to a point here where they bring someone up from Tucson to replace him and see how how that works. Just get an energy guy in there to play lesser minutes, like, uh, uh, a guy like Lane Peterson, and see how that works out because Brad Richardson just hasn't been very good this year. And maybe he can step it up in the second half. He's a veteran. He's been through these wars. And we know he's you know he's got the playoff experience. He's won a cup. But he's got to take a big step up in this game because it just hasn't been there this season and he is another guy who's on a, a, a an expiring contract if he wants yeah. to keep playing in the NHL beyond this season he's got to probably put out some better tape than he's putting out this season absolutely he does and the Coyotes I think of I was talking to talking about this yesterday have done a pretty good job of constructing a roster where you're built around the young nucleus but you have the right veterans in place I mean how many times do we see Edmonton for the last decade say oh we're just going to have a bunch of 20 year olds on our team like not 20 to 29 year olds actual just 20 year olds and it's going to work and they've been horrible for a decade. The Coyotes have found that balance but a lot of that even though it doesn't show up in the stat sheet hinges on guys like Brad Richardson or Derek Stepan Nicholas Jalmerson that have cup experience. And if you're taking one of them out of the lineup voluntarily, that's you know, that's a that's that's a delicate situation. What's yep. going on over there? Uh, I'd like to thank Arizona Sports for turning on the air conditioning because it's only 50 <laughs> degrees outside. Things were starting to heat up. I don't know. Okay. I can go fix it if you guys no, can talk. It's just fine. Every time I get up from my seat, though, you both stop talking and look at me. Yeah, because it's odd. You're in a short sleeve shirt too, but you're the yeah. only one. In fact, how yeah. are you not cold? It's cold. I, I don't know. Jamie's got some kind of like fur thing going on there. Mm. Yeah, what is that? That's is that is that mink? Yeah. I don't know what mink is. Yeah. Yeah. Is that rat fur? What's, what's mink? <laughs> rat fur. Undisclosed. Do they sell that? Rat fur? <laughs> Undisclosed. Then, then yes, it's rat fur. Maybe the one fur people are okay with. Um, Can we talk? That's is completely off topic, but I don't no, care. It's not on rat fur? <laughs> it's kind of on fur. But, but, uh, I thought there was so much more it, to discuss. It, it is on clothing while Luke gets up and, and goes to uh, fix the, the, the thermostat here. I do love how now that with all like the bougie phrases people come up with for things to try to make them sound better. Like, did you know that it, you, nothing is faux leather anymore? It's vegan leather. What? Have you Are seen you this serious? trend? No, I'm serious. No. I'm not making this up. Vegan. Vegan leather. They'll say vegan leather. What not is, faux. It's faux leather. Just it, 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 it's same thing that faux leather's made out of. It's just they make it it's sound like different. Animal. Yeah. Yeah. So is okay. it made out of like fruit roll ups or what is it? I, right. We 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 don't, we're not. We weren't going to eat it. So. Well, no, you're not going to eat it. But, so we're just applying that term more broadly. Yes, because it sounds nicer. It's beyond food. Yes, because it sounds nicer than saying faux it's leather. It's not just for food anymore. Yes. Okay. I'm glad we got that disgust yes. out of yeah. the way. This yeah. is why speaking I, I, I speaking of irreverent things, how about our poll on hot dogs? Yes. Oh, yeah. Can you pull that up? Because I have all the listener questions. I can pull up. our poll up. Sure. Okay. Is that so alliteration? I, I, not quite. Pull our it's, poll. Yeah, I mean, it is. What is the best cheating. topping for a hot dog? And granted... 
Twitter only allows you four options, which still bothers me. Like, how hard is it to add two more, four more? What's what's the big deal? Apparently, well, infinitely hard. For yeah, Twitter, just like anything button, anybody likes. Right? But yes. no, but you know what? We don't get that. But you get what you get to do now. You can tip people for good tweets. You can use different fonts too. I'm Ooh. seeing this lately. Different new fonts, fonts and like, tipping people. Please, wait. Thanks. I should be getting tipped for my. Tweets. Oh yeah, no, no. That's yeah. a new feature they're rolling out. That you can you can tip people for good tweets. Yeah. What? I, I did see that. Why? <laughs> because nothing matters anymore. Yeah. I don't know. And the fonts. Have you seen the fonts? Oh, I have Script seen the fonts. fonts. I was just like, oh, that's oh, yeah. neat. That my child might like to do that. Yeah, Why that's, do I care about that? That's going to be interesting to me for about a week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Until you can't read any of the tweets. Anymore. At any rate. I'm a millennial. Don't put more things in cursive. I, I am with I'm with Craig, though. The, you could extend the poll questions to five or six. The edit button, there's, there is a pushback because then you'll have people just changing what they wrote. There's a time limit. Right? Yeah. Like, I, oh, I, I have a typo in it. Darn it. I'm going to fix that within 20 I don't seconds. Know, 20 seconds. 30 seconds. Like, yeah. Feeling the pressure, like watching the clock <laughs> no. down before I can't correct my spelling error. Yeah. And, and things like that. Like, if something's misspelled, seriously? Yeah. yeah. You should be able to Come fix on. that. I it's agree. just silly. I Figure still like my out. idea. You get three a year. It's like a coach's challenge. <laughs> we have 621 votes on our best topping for a hot dog poll. You only need one option here. Well, the, you really, did you vote for mustard as well? Yes. Yeah, of course. I mean, well, I, I like mustard, but I usually born, like born multiple in America topics. And all. Such as, like, I mean, mustard and relish. Relish is a uh, relish is a strong third. What's second? Chili, actually. Okay, I added I'm not, that. I'm not a chili know? fan. I put tomatoes on here because that's pretty much. If you're you're eating a Chicago dog, you're going to have tomatoes on it. Mm. And it only got four percent, which kind of surprised me. I think people probably saw that as ketchup and wanted to stay uh, away. Yeah, maybe that's it actually. Well, and I I did not include ketchup yeah. because because uh, I'm from Chicago and you don't put ketchup on a hot dog. Because you're right. You're, you could just say because you're from Earth. Well, you know, unless you're some kind of like backwoods, never mind. <laughs> no, go ahead and finish your thought. Just go at off the Craig air. S. Morgan on Twitter. <laughs> but there are other uh, options that could have been on here, like chopped onions. Like uh, yeah, chopped good. onions belong, right? We should go get hot dogs after this. We should actually a good Murdoch put dogs. nacho cheese. Sorry, Murdoch. That's that's mm. also an abomination. No, close to ketchup. Better than ketchup, though. I'll give you that. Um, yes, better than ketchup, probably. Uh, sauerkraut. That's an interesting nah, addition there. No, can't do it. Pickles, pickles, yes. I like uh, Chicago I like dog good, will come with a pickle. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So, but far and away the winner was mustard with fifty six percent of the vote in second place. Chili at twenty three point five. That's I mean, chili is a very distinct decision. Like you're going to make yeah, yeah, a completely yeah. different. Sure, right? yeah. But yeah, I don't think anybody would argue with that. Yeah. Although there were some. Well, yeah, online everybody will argue yeah, with sure. anything. Uh, Ketchup Patrol came out. Ketchup. Somebody put cream cheese and somebody put mayo. Mayo, mayo okay, so, to which I responded with the pulp fiction yeah, thing. No, right? Yeah, mayo has become a trend. It's bad. I, I would never do it. That's but. disgusting. That's like putting mail on your French Did they list their home address or phone number? Can we call them and embarrass them on the show? <laughs> you want to just post it? No, I don't Thousand want Thousand Island, someone said. The, Thousand Island oh, on a dog. Okay, okay, no. So no. We didn't talk about this. Thousand Island dressing is trash. It is. Period. Trash. It's it trash. trash. <laughs> it shouldn't be on anything. Get off my burger. Get it off my salad. Get off my hot dog. Get it off my everything. It's Doesn't gone. it have ketchup in it? Garbage. Yes. yes. It, it, See, that's, that was sneaky and, of you. It's, 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 sneaky no, it's of ketchup you. and mayo and I believe a little bit oh, of ketchup horseradish. ketchup and mayo. It's ketchup oh. mayo and a little horseradish, I believe. It's just horrible. I believe so, yeah. I really thought there was ranch in Thousand Island. No, there's no ranch. Trash. Ketchup ranch and but mayo. But put mayo and horseradish together, you kind of get a ranchy taste. So I think maybe that's maybe why. We're, that, maybe we're solving some mysteries yeah. here. Mm. Maybe ranch is horseradish and mayo, and then you put that with ketchup and you have Thousand yeah. Island. It's and, trash. And get trash. Thousand Island out of here. <laughs> At any Garbage. Rate. Okay. Ketchup does not belong on a hot dog. 
shut up if you disagree with me. <laughs> Craig, next week, the the uh, the coffee shop is going to accidentally put Thousand Island in Jamie's ah, drink. That's right. I'll just bring him an entire cup of Thousand Island dressing. <laughs> but, but tell him it's not that. Tell yes, him it's no, just... Get it this is a weird-looking latte. Oh, beautiful. Yep. Yeah. Can, you, can you put that in an opaque cup for me, please? <laughs> His iced ginger, skinny, vanilla, happy time latte or whatever. Just yeah, by the way, I, I should point out, you got a lot of adjectives on I your do. drinks recently. I do. What is this Starbucks reserve that you well, added okay. today? So I was on the Starbucks app. I can tell you how it tastes in my iced Oh, I, I wouldn't know. I know. I was on the Starbucks app and they have this new section. It's like Starbucks reserve registered, like a little trademark next to it. of like some special, like bougie uh, espresso that they make into lattes. I'm like, oh, all right, fine. well, I'll try that. Joke was on me. I won't try anything today. You won't try anything. By the way, Craig, in future shows, I'm going to require both a hot and iced chai <laughs> because this combination going it's back your and forth, track. it's pretty it's great. It's the weird yeah. ask. Like, Probably going to throw nasal. up later, yeah. but it's really good right now. What color M&Ms do you want in your, in your bowl? Um, not coconut M&Ms. Those... Who has coconut? No, By the way, white chocolate M&Ms those. are where it's at. Are, they, are those good? Yeah. Okay. okay. I might have to try I'll those. Try I like those. white chocolate, yeah. which is, by the way, like the nastiest part of the chocolate. It's like the runoff. It's yeah, the, but that's not important. The point is the best part of the chocolate. That's not important. It tastes the best. <laughs> Are these going to be like the Canadian Smarties you brought in a month oh. ago? And I forgot about them and found them in my apartment at like three in the morning the other night. I was like, I'm eating these and yeah. I ate and? them. And how were they? They weren't bad at three in the morning. Yeah. They weren't bad. They're fine. It's, it's, it's a definitely they're, a weird taste. They're fine. It's definitely a weird taste. That's what my daughter said, too. She said, these are kind of weird tasting, but I'm not going to say no. Yeah. It's still chocolate. Okay. I, I feel like we've gotten a little bit off topic. Can we go back to rat fur? Or is that, is that moment passed? <laughs> All right, Michael, do the Coyotes need to start adding more physicality to their playing style? Not necessarily a fighter, but someone to match the Reeves and Kachucks of the division. Maybe. I think it's I think it's fair. I wouldn't be opposed to that. I don't know if you, you're going out to acquire a player like that as much as you just here, here's, look at I guess a couple questions here. Um, if, if they do that, I think it's probably going to be on the back end, like a, oh, a, a number yeah. seven defenseman. Yeah. Guy who can play, but... Uh, up front, who would you take out of the lineup to do that? That's the good problem, problem to have, yeah. but that's the problem, right? Who are you going to take out just to have a? Because you're not you're not going to get Ryan Reeves, who can also contribute and terrify the other team. You're Unless probably you get a big center. You imagine like just a big Connor McDavid, like just a a big, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I don't know. But you're not going to be able to get those but guys in the next two months. Probably month. not. I mean, you can get the defenseman, I think. Yeah. But I still think – I don't think John Chica said this, that they're going to evaluate their blue line now that Nick Chalmerson is back and see how it performs because, you know, he has a ripple effect on all the pairs. Um, Jordan Osterley, we'll see what happens there. I think they're going to ask Chalmerson if he'll play the left side over the break, see, see what he says about that and maybe experiment with that because I think they prefer – to have Ilya Labushkin in the lineup. I think he's played better than Jordan Osterley recently. And look, Labushkin's a big guy. He's yeah. not he's physical. I don't know that he's intimidating. You know what I mean? Maybe just because he's like the nicest guy in the world. Right. Right. But you wish you could give him a little bit of an edge. But he he can close out guys. He's had his best when he's doing that patrol in the slot, closing out guys in the defensive zone. This this is though, I mean, goes back to what we were talking about earlier. There are certain matchups that you like better and worse, probably for a lot of teams, but in a seven-game series against a team like Calgary or somebody that has a real physical presence, the Coyotes, this being their first playoffs as this group, I mean, that's you're going to need to be able to match it on some level. We sure. saw Calgary push them around earlier this season. We saw it last year a lot. Um, they're a better team this year than they were last year. But, yeah, I'm, I'm a little concerned about that. It, it, it's worth It's worth watching. 
and it's worth watching to see if the guys themselves over the time change their games a little bit. I mean, you don't want to change it too much, but get a little bit more physical. Start retaliating a little. Not retaliating is the wrong word. I, I don't want to overdo it because I feel like they're because <laughs> I feel like there's so there's a difference between playing with physical edge and then play, doing like what Zach Cassian has been doing the last couple of weeks. I think there's a difference, and then sometimes I think that gets lost. That nuance gets lost. Yeah, I guess that's that's probably why people are a little worried because. If you have the team you have and the series gets physical and then you see that team four or five more times in that series, you don't want your guys playing a game that's not their game. You know what I mean? Like that's Calgary's game. It's not the Coyotes game. But that's also kind of the way the playoffs can go just by the nature of the game and the way it's called in the playoffs and the fact that you're seeing the same team over and over again. Yeah. And look, as we as Craig's pointed out a bunch of times, the best way to combat a lot of that stuff is scoring on the power play. It, yep. Yeah. But, better than having a big guy. For sure. Play fast, get out of yeah. your zone. That's right? the thing too. Force them to play your game. Yep. Play fast. Outskate them. Don't 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 fall into their trap. But you do need to score on the power plays. I mean, yes, you can yes. you can play fast and they're still gonna hit you after the whistle or whatever or ever if they don't think it's gonna hurt them to be shorthanded. Other than it probably gives two minutes where they don't have a chance to score. But if you're not scoring against them, they'll figure that out quickly. Uh Kyle, have most of the owners in the NHL lost their minds? Yeah, it yes. seems like it. Yeah, it does. Well, uh, you talk about the coaching firings specifically. I'm, I'm I would I mean, assume so. Yeah, it's also the GMs, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's a GM saving their own hide. Sometimes it's unrealistic expectations. Sometimes it's warranted. But yeah, this is this is a ridiculous degree. The Vegas one's the most extreme. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you had told me like which, if you had asked me last week which. Eight coaches or five coaches are the most safe. Gallant would have been on my list. Well, he definitely wasn't on the hot seat, no. in my opinion. That's crazy. Nobody saw that coming. I told you, Jesse Granger, uh, our writer in Vegas, said he checked his email like eight times to make sure it wasn't from a fake account. Yeah, I, well, I, I told you what he was reading. When I saw his tweet and I saw the check mark, I thought somebody had gotten creative and found an emoji that looked like a check yeah. mark. And I was like, but who would really make nothing as Jesse Granger, but who's making a, a Jesse Granger parody account? And. I guess it's real because Gallant's not coaching the team anymore. Eldon, athlete, current or past, that you wish you could interview but will never be able to. Muhammad Ali. Yeah, that's probably the one. Oh, you guys went really big. I'll go with Mario Lemieux because he doesn't speak to the media. Oh, of course, the Penguin. Yeah. Surprising. Shocking. Yeah, well. Any um, other you know, you know, insults? Uh, you want to hurl my okay. way? Uh, it's not now? an athlete, but I think one would be interesting for me as, as a Yankees fan. I think Billy Martin. Wow. Be an incre- Billy Martin yeah. or George Steinbrenner would be an incredible interview hmm. for lot for different reasons. Yeah. To interview them uh... together. <laughs> Do like that Bill Belichick, <laughs> Bill Parcells uh, HBO special <laughs> thing with Billy, Mo- with Billy Martin and George Steinbrenner. Yeah. Just, and then just shut up. <laughs> I, would, I would watch that. Just let them talk. Um, yeah, I really can't think of anybody else. I'm sure. I mean, there's a lot of people that would be interested in the talking to when, sure. you know, Muhammad Ali is a, is a great one, just yeah. because that transcends sports. Oh, I mean, Michael yeah, Jordan absolutely. would be... Yeah, Michael Jordan. I mean, there, there, there are too many to name. And to be clear, the reason I can't interview Michael Jordan is just because he would never talk to me. That's... I interviewed him after a Fall League game. Oh, well, then the bar's so been well. lowered. Okay. Fall League game here? Yeah. No, no, no. He's playing in the Fall League. I mean, Shrek also did that Missing curveballs by a foot. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is why we can't interview him anymore. Uh, Rose. I know you guys love talking about the All-Star game, but with Markstrom in, Flurry declining, Ranta potentially hurt, is there another Pacific goalie that can replace Kemper? Well, well that's already been answered. It's, it's so. going to be Riddick. 
Yes, um, there's always the answer a way no. that can replace. No, no. yeah, yeah. If, if that's what you meant, Rose, if there's someone, someone up to that quality, uh, no. Um, Adam, at what point is it a concern the Coyotes are 500-ish since acquiring Taylor Hall? Still a relatively small subset, but not that small. He's been good, but is everyone else better? And we kind of hit this before. Certain players are a lot better. Their goaltender's out. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Come on. <laughs> Nick Chalmerson was out. The only reason to be concerned is if this continues multiple, multiple weeks after the All-Star break and you're still kind of sitting in that man yeah, range. Yeah, you're but healthy not, and doing this. Yeah, yeah that's a but, concern. But right now, no, it's not too big of a concern. And Taylor Hall's been everything you've expected from You know, Rick Taka has talked so much about how they've avoided significant losing streaks, and they have, but they haven't had that big run either where they won like seven in a row. I'd like to see the Coyotes get one of those. If they get one... Well, probably going to solidify their playoffs. But. Well, and maybe the first team that gets one of those in the Pacific is going to win the division. Yeah. yeah. I'd also flip this around and say, what would these last 13 games, 14 games be like if you didn't have Taylor Hall? Mm-hmm. And you haven't had Kemper, and for a lot of it you haven't had Ronta. I, there's, I can look at a couple games right now and say those are probably losses. So 13 points in 14 games, right? For Hall, yeah. 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 So, And yeah. as we said, I mean, he, he's very clearly making Connor Garland better. Who, By the way, Connor Garland... Deserves some credit himself, too. Oh, He's absolutely. making plays out there yeah. now that are just filthy. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. February. February is the key month. It's jam-packed with games. Yeah, it I is. I think we're going to find out. Of course, Mrs. Rita already says it's going to be a good month for the Coyotes. And she hasn't been wrong yet, which is really creepy when I keep going back through this. I keep going back and... Yeah, how, how many times have you gone back? Or well, you I just mean, I keep going back to story. You have to do what again she next said time. and... You have to do this again. Like next even year. December, there's going to be a lot of change. Oh, they got Taylor Hall. I mentioned there are three crazy things that happened that month, but they got Taylor Hall. What, what are you seeing? How, how are you reading? This? Are you planning on doing at the end of the season like a look back of like you kind should. of breaking down like this is this is the by month? Did that the mid season? Oh, did you? Okay, mm-hmm. you got to do it at the end. You do at the end of the season as well. Yeah, yeah, she's winning. She's doing far better in predictions than I am. Um, Dangle Snipe Belly, who always comes through with three questions. So here they are, in okay. rapid succession. What's it like most days when Jamie carries the show like foreign climbers on Everest carry their gear? Well, oh, that's never happened. That's right. Yeah. Sherpas. Um, we are Jamie's Sherpas. <laughs> We're the ducks. That's in the, the show. By t- we should title it that today. Jamie Sherpas? Jamie Sherpas. Oh, I believe Jamie he's saying that I am Oh, you Sherpa. don't want his name in the title, do you? No. Okay. You know, he's saying Jamie carries the yeah, show. He's saying I'm about, the Sherpa. No. Wait, wait. Read this again? Yeah. yeah so. I don't know. You're not properly offended by this. Yeah. What's it like most days when Jamie carries the show like foreign climbers on Everest carry their gear? Foreign Evers don't carry their year. Oh, well, then maybe... Sherpas carry maybe their year. This, may, oh, maybe was, it's like it a was deep, a subtle thing. Sherpas carry all the gear. <clears throat> well so that's why I'm saying. But if you don't want to mention his name, how about the other guy, Sherpas? Mm. That sounds like a Mark Wahlberg movie. <laughs> were right. the Ducks in attendance for the Penguins game? Uh, they were not. No. Okay. They were not. But they were watching it Where all. are your Ducks? At home. Mm-hmm. Sure. I don't want to bring him in. The Pittsburgh's winning every game. How long has it been since we've seen the It's Ducks? been weeks. Yeah. I'm a little concerned. CPS might be getting a call. I'll send you guys a I picture. I guess be DPS. Of the Ducks with a newspaper from right. today. You remember okay. newspapers? In their room. Yeah. And finally, what are your ideal winter desserts? Well, I tell you, I really am enjoying Jamie's coffee that he can't drink. That's... I would love to taste some cinnamon rolls. There. We answered that question. Okay. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't eat desserts seasonally. Desserts, the good desserts I eat all year round. What is the best dessert? Cheesecake. 
and there's no debate. No, it's just kind of cheesecake. You yeah, can just throw cheesecake. that out there. What, like plain cheesecake? Does uh, it have a topping? I mean, have I don't you had mind. The Cheesecake Factory's banana cheesecake? I have not. That's that always comes back good. to bananas it's with you. Can you put good. that in? You got to try that. Yeah. It's whipped, so it's light. It's. Do you have a banana cheesecake carrier? Yeah, does it come with a cheesecake I'm not going to answer that question. Uh, big Tortilla, you can answer this question. Okay. When you need that big goal, who would you rather have, Dean Youngblood or Adam Banks? Adam Banks, without a doubt. Dean, yeah. I'm sorry, Rob Lowe never sold me as a hockey player. I never really? believed it okay. watching him. Uh-huh. Nope. Rob Lowe, no. The uh, the Adam Banks, it's got to be Banks. It's got to yeah. be Banks. Even fighting through injury against his former mm-hmm. team. It's, mm-hmm. Secondary, do you think they'll ever make Youngblood too? Well, Craig, this is for you. Let's hope not. Rob Lowe doesn't <laughs> look any different, so yeah, they probably could. <laughs> How many of this is I'm a Raven? How many of the current Coyote centers? Is it just I'm a Raven? I don't want to read the whole coffee. <laughs> is this you, Jamie? No. There's no picture. Hmm. Um, how many of the current Coyote centers would you take over Martin Hansel in his prime? First, we need to identify when his prime was. Uh, between between Whitney and Rabada. Oh, okay. So like, yeah, eleven, twelve. Yeah. How hmm. many of the current Coyote centers? Huh. Well. I mean, he is a big center, but he's not. He wasn't intimidating, like physically, and he didn't produce points. I mean, who who are we considering the Coyote centers at this point? Because yeah. they move all around. Are you, are, are you mean, counting Schmaltz as a center? Uh, I mean, not lately, okay, although so, he plays that in some situations per shift. Let's pretend for the sake of argument. Yes. Okay, I would take so Schmaltz. I'll take Schmaltz to take Dvorak. I'd take Dvorak. Uh, step on. No. Current step on. Not. Current are we talking about? Which breaks my heart, but no. Step on in his prime? I think you're talking about the, this current Coyotes roster. Uh, okay. Like, as it's constructed Marty today. Marty gets to be in his prime, but these guys don't get to be. Yes. yes. Okay. That's so, how this question works. <laughs> it was asked by a Raven. So what more Mar- do you Marty's want? probably the third <laughs> caw, caw. behind Schmaltz and I don't Dvorak. think Ravens say caw. Just saying. Uh, the Ravens didn't say much after that game on Saturday, okay. I can tell Oof. you. Uh, way. Uh, Martin Hansel's career high in points was 41. 41. Dvorak and Schmaltz for sure. Yeah, I think that's okay. probably where it stops at the moment for me. Ste- Stepan's just a very different player than Hansel. Smart, smart player. Yeah. I, I'm not that down on Stepan. I mean, he's not what he was no, with the Rangers. But he's been better lately. He really yeah. has. And again, just uh, the staff will tell you this too. He's just he's always in the right spots. And here's the other thing. I'm not, I'm not trying to bash Marty, but he wasn't the loudest player in the world. I mean, Stepan, his leadership to me is showing up more off the ice, even on the ice, this year than it has in his previous yeah, time with the fair. Coyotes. Um, Desert Doggies 96. Power play numbers are up, but the optics are not. Why do the Coyotes often struggle to cleanly gain the zone even once on a power play? Even teams with lower power play percentage don't seem to struggle as much as the Coyotes in that regard. I think some of that, Craig's giving me a weird look like this is my question. No, go ahead. That was the end of the question. I feel like some of that is the team that is your favorite team, you get frustrated by their power play more. Yes. Like, you notice when the Coyotes aren't entering the zone, you don't notice when Columbus isn't. You would be shocked if you watch around, like, if you watch center ice and around the league and how many teams really, really seem to struggle carrying the puck into the zone of the power play. Right. Like, zone entries are... are, Because the other team is hell-bent on stopping that. That's the key. Don't allow clean zone entries. Yes. Because once they're in the zone, it's much easier to set up and... The defending team has yeah, analytics, Jesus. too. Ooh. <laughs> and they know that everything says dump and chase is, is a lower percentage play than carrying right. the puck in. Yeah. I mean, that's that's where the power plays won or lost, basically, yeah. is getting into the zone. And so. they are still top half of the league in power play percentage. So a, a, a much better power play than we've seen in past years. But, yeah, I, I agree that it's frustrating at times to watch them with zone entries. You know what's frustrating for me? When they gain the zone, 
cleanly, and then the guy who gains the zone throws the puck away. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, what's weird. You've done the hard part. Exactly. You've <laughs> achieved what you want to achieve. Just hang on to the puck. It's like I bought my new car. I'm going to throw the tires out. Just see what happens. Like, okay. You, you you got through when the other team is all lined up on that line trying to stop you specifically. And then you get in there and you're just like, ah, I don't need it. I'm going to throw it behind the back pass to the middle of the ice. Right. Loyal Sif, Detroit is a minus 81. Not a question. Just makes me feel good saying that every time considering it's my most hated franchise. Oh, that's they are, they are bad. They are quite awful. As Craig stares longingly at his Little Caesars Arena coffee mug. Or coffee. What do you call that? I'm going to call it a thermos. Thermos. It's a small thermos. Um, Ozzy, if you were commissioner and could enact any rule, what would your hockey arcade rule be? Mine would be a nonstop power play, whether you score one goal or five. During the power play, it would keep going until the two minutes expire. That's I like that. Rule. I like that rule. I hate the puck over the glass rule. Yeah, I want to get too. rid of that. I've hated that since day one. I'd get rid of the blue lines. Yeah. Might think about it if you want to really open up the game. So just no offside. Forget about offside. Yeah. Poor defense is, is your is what prevents you from being off, overly offside or cherry picking. I guess. I mean, not Kovalchuk, who's going to do it anyway, whether there are blue lines there or not. But everybody else in the league would be able to. The narrative out of Montreal is that Kovalchuk could win the Hart Trophy this oh, year. That's the way adorable. they're talking about him. <laughs> that's adorable. <laughs> they are real. I haven't I haven't watched him play yet with Montreal. Have you guys? No. Has, has he been as great as it's? No, but I've watched, to watch I've watched Ilya Kovalchuk play plenty. Okay. <laughs> Um, Joe, where does Brayden Holtby's future lie with Backstrom signing a $46 million contract yesterday? I can't imagine the Caps trying to move anyone to make room for him uh, under the cap. He's gone. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Samson is their guy. Yeah. And Holtby, hasn't, Holtby started terribly this year. He has picked it up. I don't know that he's, fun, he's lost a game. No. Well, okay, so uh, Samsonov has won his last eight starts. I think yeah. it's like a one. I wrote about this today randomly. Like a one point six two goals against average and nine forty four save percentage in his last eight starts. It's absurd. Hope he's trending back down again. In the last little recent stretch. Yeah, he's gone. Goaltending's so weird, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But you don't pay for it. If if you don't no. have to pay for goaltending, you don't do it. You really shouldn't, and you definitely shouldn't lock up these guys to any kind of term unless it's uh, yeah, Henrik Lundqvist or, I mean, even Carey Price. You, I mean, look at all these guys. Who, had some off season. Who, right? who was yeah. safer than two-time Vezina Trophy winner Sergei Bobrovsky, who has been terrible this year for the most part on a seven-year, ten million dollar a year deal? You ask me who the safest goalie in the league is. I always come back to Pekarene. I don't know why he tends to perform. Yeah, I he's think he had, had one bad year, but otherwise, yeah, he's, he's never really terrible. But no, see, we don't have this longevity that we've seen from like Lundqvist for so many years or Marty Brodeur for so many years. Like there just isn't that. Like, look at who. It'd be fun to look back and see who we thought the five best goalies were five years ago, and then look at them now and what we would think about it. If you, uh, it's not how I define define fun, Jamie. Wow, I've had a hard time. <laughs> He's so disgusted with you. The English language has left him. Yes. Uh, here's another one, and Craig, you may as well just grab that cowbell okay. and hold on to it. Have you seen the question? I have not. But the Blackhawks are at Toronto next, so that should be a wild game with Toronto's blue line situation, huh? Final I'm score, predicting 15, like nine eight. Yeah. Uh, what is Stan Bowman's reputation around the league? I was listening to a Canadian-based podcast that seemed pretty convinced that he would be hired quickly should the Blackhawks let him go. He will be hired quickly because of the fact that he was associated with the Blackhawks. Whether that's a good move or not is an entirely different topic. I think he probably has a pretty good reputation. I don't think he's a very good GM. That was very diplomatic. <laughs> uh, to go back to the previous point. Yeah, I've uh, got Vesna voting by year here. Okay, so I've got the. Uh, do you want to hear the, the nine goaltenders that got a Vesna vote five years ago from the 14 15 season? Let me see if I can guess them since okay. I have them all written right 14, in front 15. of me. 14 15. Oh, well, you already yeah, have so them. Go ahead, yeah. yeah. Wasn't that a magical season for the Coyotes, too? 
14, 15. It was the worst season I've ever seen. Maybe the worst team I've ever seen. Possibly, yeah. So, uh, Carey Price won it. Okay, so let's go through these. Carey Price is... He's been up and down, but yeah. when he's on, he's on. He's really good. Pecorine, number two. So that's your guy. Yeah. Pecorine. Uh, Devin Dubnik, Sorry. number three. Okay, he's right. trended down. De- uh, Brain Holtby. Typically, Holtby's been pretty good. Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, he's the other one that's been safe most of his career. Most, yeah, I mean, like at this point, they're running a three, three-headed monster out there in, gold, in, in net there. Uh, Coy Crawford. Has yeah. been so uh, Andrew Hammond. Here we go. <laughs> this is what I was Remember Andrew Hammond? And the Hamburglar. The Hamburglar. Jonathan Quick. Oh, Oof. yeah. And brace yourselves, Cam Talbot. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. That hurt. Let me see if I go back one year if there's any more any weirdness. Mm, yeah, okay, okay. So let's go back one more year. So the 20, any one of more those year. guys Just, among the league leaders? No. Six years ago. Tuka Rask won it. Okay, he's he's Tuka been up there. he's been pretty steady, and he's one that you throw in there. Just basically uh, finish goalies. Semyon Varlamov, when they're healthy, better yeah. and better yes. with the Islanders. But <laughs> when blah. they're healthy, Ben Bishop's been pretty solid. Just doesn't play the amount of games. But anymore. he went he went down for a while before yeah. he came back up because you're talking back 2014. Yeah, that, that's uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Ben Bishop, yeah. uh, Carey Price on there again. Jonathan Quick. We know what's happened there. Hendrick Lundqvist every year. Steve Mason. <laughs> <laughs> Sergey Bobrovsky, who's won it twice, and I don't know what's going on this year. Maybe year two will be better for them. And and Kari Lettinen. Oof. Never good when your goalie's last name is Lettinen. It, it's it's, it's like a pitcher whose last name is Walker. First name is Homer. Uh, let's see. Tyler. Wow, this, this apparently is a recurring theme among the listeners this week. Who's the best center the Coyotes have had in recent years? Who could the Coyotes realistically trade for by the deadline? Is not really. It gets sadder every time we answer it. Martin Hansel made my all-decade team. <laughs> so is that why everybody's asking this now? It's sad. Has, has anyone passed him yet? <laughs> well, it's a new decade, so. Well, apparently Christian Dvorak and Nick Schmaltz based on our previous answer. Well, today, but yeah. is there anyone they can trade for? I doubt it. Especially when you consider the Coyotes are a cap team. Yeah. Yeah. Most people know that. Kyle Well, I mean... <laughs> I guess I guess if you're looking even beyond this year, <laughs> Kyle Turris. Antoine Vermette was decent. I liked Vermette when he was. Well, they can also still game. trade for Kyle Turris because he's been terrible. And Antoine Vermette is not playing. That's true. Um, Victor was the guy who asked the question. Abs per sixty would go way up. It's um, <laughs> yes, it's true. Victor's a question about Seattle. That that's who asked the question. Okay, we answered yes. earlier. He's right. They have lost all their momentum for the Seattle Sockeyes, whatever they're going to call them. Uh, Booper. Booper. When, when Kemper's healthy again. Does he get the lion's share of the load in hopes of keeping Ronta healthy for end-of-season playoff push? Well, I don't think it would be in hopes of keeping Ronta healthy. It would just be because he's going to get the lion's share yeah. of the play. Because I think they've realized by now that Antti Ronta can't handle his his uh, load management. doesn't allow him to play as a regular goalie. No. Uh, he's Ke- a backup. Kemper is their clear number one, un- unquestioned, regardless of what Antti Ronta does. It is weird because Ronta did play a decent amount of games the year where he should have been a Vesna finalist or at right. least in consideration. Coming but I mean, back he, from an injury. Yeah, yeah. But he just hasn't been able to do it since nope. uh, at all. Nope. Joseph. Eggnog is one of the best drinks ever, especially Ugh. pumpkin oh, eggnog. Trash. Hashtag don't block Just me. stop reading. All that's trash. Eggnog or Thousand Pumpkins, Island, pumpkin, Jamie? Uh, oof. Death. Uh, pumpkin's also trash. Pumpkin's also trash. Pumpkin? Yeah. Pumpkin what? Flavoring. Just pumpkin you, flavored anything is you trash. You don't like pumpkin... Uh, Really? Yeah, it's all bad. Pumpkin porter? You no. Know, like, oh, I, I, can't, I don't do I don't. I don't what does Jamie Porters like? and stouts don't Two do it peaks. for me. That should be a segment. What does Jamie like? Pumpkin. Oh, yeah. No, p- porters and stouts I don't, I don't like in that. general. You don't like pumpkin pie either? No, pumpkin, no. 
I don't like pumpkin pie. I don't like pumpkin spiced anything. I don't like pumpkin flavorings. Nothing. It's just it just tastes like I don't know uh, just trashy cinnamon. <laughs> trashy cinnamon. Pumpkin is trashy cinnamon. <laughs> so sometimes you want trashy cinnamon as opposed to regular cinnamon. Um, when you're feeling naughty. The only pumpkin thing I ever liked is whatever. <laughs> I just had a drop. Hold on, one the only pumpkin flavor anything I liked is whatever you brought in. Um, I think oh, that's your daughter's see, this is back. This is called yeah. backpedaling, dear it's listeners. Like, to- oh, Tara made those muffins that one time. Wait, no, it was his children, and I'm crushing pumpkin right now. <laughs> it's still tr- pumpkin's still trash, but I, I I ate it. Jamie, I want you. Sorry, girls. Your homework for next week is to come in with one thing you like next week. Okay, <laughs> preferably uh, something baked that I can eat. Um, Apparently this like, happens I when like I'm cinnamon. not here. Uh, I like skinny ice lattes from Starbucks, but yeah. you know. Good luck getting those yeah. until you bring in some cinnamon rolls. Well, you need like Starbucks Reserve or whatever. You're yeah, I don't know. It sounded sounded fun. Uh, Coach East Jack. Learn my lesson. Who could the Coyotes sign or trade for in terms of a bona fide enforcer for the playoffs? Or can Lawson Krause handle it? And Desert Doggies wrote back Josh Anderson. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I still, again, I still know where you add another forward on this team. Yeah, yeah it's, I'm with Craig. It's got to be on the back end, um, and and there's a spot there, right? I mean, your sixth defenseman. You also, if you're if you're serious about making a run in the playoffs, those teams typically have eight defensemen. Yeah, so you can just add him, and that doesn't mean that Labushkin or Osterley are off the team or anything. Uh, Christina, are the cinnamon rolls homemade? Thanks for asking, Christina. First of all, they were delicious. Yes, they were very good. That was the first time I've ever had them. They are not. They are made by uh, the coffee bean and tea leaf. Not yeah. a sponsor, but can be. Huh. They definitely can be because I've spent most of my Love money Love to taste there. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, you did miss out. That's for you sure. know, uh, in... And then the it, coffee bean went out of business, that huh. particular branch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's bizarre. But in, in uh, getting back to the uh, idea of them adding something up front, they could always move out pieces to bring a piece in, right? So they could... They wouldn't have necessarily the problem of who do we take out of the lineup to fit this guy in. In fact, they'd probably have to do that given their cap situation, so... But that is risky because then, I mean, sure. ass- assuming you Moves are... up the mix... Yeah, continuing on this this pace where you're right around first place around the trade deadline, then you're whether you feel like they are a first place team. If they were in the Atlantic, they wouldn't be. But it, you are messing with what's working at that point. Uh, how big of a sigh of a relief was it to have Jalmerson back in the lineup? Uh, big, and we saw he's played two games as we record this. The first game, would he play about 16 minutes? And they still had Goligoski and Chikrin play over 25. That game went to a shootout. But even by the second game, Jalmerson played 19 plus and the defensive right. minutes Rick, just even. out. Rick saying, yeah, 15 to 18 minutes. So that lasted long. Yeah, one game is what it lasted. And But now you start to see Goligoski and Chikrin shouldn't have to play 23, 24 minutes. Oliver's played right around 20 or 21 in the two games. So we'll yeah, see what Yeah, he's fine there. there. But yeah, you yeah. don't want Goligoski and Chick playing that many minutes. And again, yeah. like, like Tockett said, it's some of the hard minutes, right? Defensive zone draw things like that that he can he can help even out those minutes and that's really going to help this blue line chicken would play 60 minutes if you'd let him so you have to manage that. slipped a little bit recently he, he yeah. looks a little tired himself i think this break is going to be good for a lot of these players but they need to finish strong because they're playing two pacific division teams that are right there with them uh one more from christina who do you think his d-man partner will be i think they're going to wait and see hammers yeah yeah again he could play either side at this point so i don't know i, I want to see how this shakes out do you think they would just leave him down on the third pairing for as long as they can? For now, I think they will till the break, but beyond that, I don't know. I mean, because he's going to get a bunch of shorthanded time anyway. He'll still get his minutes. Yeah. Well, what would you do? Say, say, say they move Hammer to the left side and bring Labushkin back in. What are your pairs? 
Do you leave Chikrin and Goligoski together because they've been so good? Yeah, I'm not messing do you, with that. Do you move – well, you can't really move Demers down to that situation because you don't want Labushkin on your top pair. He's he's definitely a third pair yeah, we, guy. And we've seen that and we don't want that. Yeah. And also what does that accomplish? I mean if anything yeah. you're trying to move Jalmerson up. Yeah. So – but JD, you know himself, hasn't been so great lately. So he has, he's taken a little bit of a hit lately. Yeah, I, I like I said, if if they if that Oliver slash Demers pairing struggles at all, I think you have to try Jalmerson with Oliver. I know that was originally what they were going to do, and it didn't work. And Demers has been great with Oliver. He allows Oliver to play his game. But if you're going to mix anything up, that's what I'm mixing. And up. And then you put Demers with Osterley. Yeah, I guess. Third right. pair. Yeah. Okay. Um, fantastic Mr. Fox. Why does the heart hinge on a playoff appearance, and why isn't Panarin at least in the conversation he should be for the leg kick Sally alone? Panarin's been great. Yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot about Panarin, but the issue there is it's not just the team not playing well. It's that he plays wing, and there are still a handful of players that have been better than him this year. Yeah. But he's been he's been phenomenal. We mentioned him on last week's show. He's been excellent. Everything hey, you expect from him and more. You just don't impact the game as much from the wing, by and large. Some some A handful of players can because they, they create plays, and maybe we should be... Looking at him in that light, you know, like a, the way the the Blackhawks offense will roll through Patrick Kane. So he is more of a a playmaker through the middle of the ice. Although yeah. still, I mean, you can look at the other side of the puck and say, well, you know, they don't think that much about Patrick Kane's defensive side. Um, but by and large, I think centers impact the game more. And then in terms of the playoffs, I, why, why shouldn't it matter when you're talking about Hart Trophy? MVP for what? I mean, if he didn't get his team to the playoffs, and I get it's a team game and there are a lot of guys impacting, but if you didn't drag your team into the playoffs, yeah. That should be one of the criteria for considering the Hart Trophy. Yeah, it's a piece of the puzzle. And look, I still think Panarin's probably my top five right now, but I don't know if I, he's... Yeah, I can't make a compelling argument. I don't think anybody can that he should be above McDavid or McKinnon. I just I don't think you can make that argument. I just... If, if you, I mean, can you imagine putting Panarin and Kane together like that? Now you're talking that about That would be... Something. You know, if I, only I, a team could manage to up. do something yeah. like that. Oh. Thanks. Um... I don't even remember me. what else I was going to say. No, depressing me. I, I don't feel... Hey, but you could branded sod on that. Oh. Oh. Well, so the opposite mm. of Panarin. Uh, I'm, I am with you, though. Playoff appearance should matter when you're talking about the heart. I don't think it should really matter with the other trophies, but with the heart specifically, because 16 out of the 31 teams make the playoffs. Right. And again, we're not saying it's just that. If you don't make the playoffs, you got no chance. But it is definitely one of the things to consider. It does feel like, though, based on voting, if you don't make the playoffs, you don't have yeah, a chance unless you're Connor McDavid. Yeah, true. Yeah. And then you just win. Uh, Justin, we probably heard this up. Are we watching the next evolution of Connor Garland, and does that have anything to do with Hall? He's continually improved since last year, but lately it looks like a whole new level. Wondering if he's learned some of this by being able to work with someone like Hall in person. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I would say so. Creativity. He's um, he's impossible to get a clean lick on. It's it's fascinating to watch him when he gets into the offensive zone. He's just always moving. And then the opposite question okay. from Chris. Looking at the salary cap situation for next season, does trading Taylor Hall make any sense? But then he responded to himself a day later and said, after watching last night's game, maybe never mind. <laughs> I, they knew what Taylor Hall was going to make so, okay. when they uh, uh, traded for th- him. This is the point that I think still needs to be made. The, unless the Coyotes go on a long losing streak where it looks like the playoffs are Bingo. unlikely, they're not going to trade Taylor Hall. They were very aware of the risks of not being able to possibly re-sign him when they made this trade. Nothing else has changed on that front. This is not some new information from them. They knew what their cap situation was. They knew what Taylor Hall's free agency situation was when they made the trade. They are trying to sign him. So if they continue to win, even if he's not signed come uh, by the deadline, they're not going to trade him. I mean, it would make no sense. I just wrote about this. 
Yeah. I just wrote about this. I just talked to John Chica about this. Part of the reason they got him so early was they wanted to evaluate him over a good chunk of games. 14 games is not that sample. So and he hasn't been bad. No, he's been terrific. No. He's been terrific. He's impacting them. They are scoring a half a goal more per game with him in the lineup than they were before. I don't know what more people want from Taylor Hall. I really don't. Like, did you expect Well, they need to win to more. Well, it's not just about him. They're missing their goalie. They're missing Chalmerson until just recently. They're missing two goalies. There are other things that play into this. Plus, there's an adjustment period when a new player gets dropped into a lineup. It doesn't just happen overnight. Since the Taylor Hall trade, he's been the best player on the Coyotes. Yes. It's not even close. I don't know what I don't know what else you can ask for. To your point, too, yeah, they knew what he was going to demand when, when they made the trade. They knew he'd probably be somewhere in the $10 million per year range. I don't know what the term is going to look like. I guess that they'd want it a little less than seven years, but I don't know if he's going to agree to that. But at what John Chica said about this, when people keep asking this. How are they going to fit him in under the cap? Well, I don't know yet, but the GM has thought about it. Yeah, Clearly, he is. Yeah, there's always a plan. And you look at all the uh, veterans that they have that are entering the final years of their contracts. There's there's some guys that they could move out. There's a. I'm not saying any of these guys are the guy. I'm just looking at names. Derek Stepan, 6.5. Michael Grabner, 3.35. Goligoski, 5.475. Jason Demers, 3.9. There's other guys. Jordan Osterley, Auntie Ranta. Any one of those guys could be moved out. Yeah. What John Chica said is in a cap world, you have to fit in your top players, and then you try to find flexibility around that. Yep. Look, you if build you have, around Hall, look, not the have, other guys. If you yes. have to attach a draft pick to Derek Stepan to make a trade, then you do it, even if there's not a return there to fit Taylor Hall in. Like, you, you can get creative. And we've seen John Chica get creative with the cap in a lot of different ways before. It's, just, it's strange to me because people are acting like Taylor Hall's been on this team for five years, is now finally coming up for free agency, and they have to make a decision. Yeah, he's been here for they a month. They traded for him knowing all of this other stuff. Nothing else has changed. I, I, right. it's, I don't know if it, His if it line was, has been the best line every night. I don't know if it was the athletic card. I don't know what it is that's got everybody talking about the trade again. But nothing has changed. None, none of the variables have changed. Everybody knew what the scenario was also, the whole time. Before they even made the trade, we talked on this podcast extensively about the biggest risk for, for trading for Taylor Hall was, are you willing to pay him beyond this year? When they made the trade, that said to me, we're willing to pay him beyond this John year. John Chica has said they're willing to pay him beyond this yes, year. Yes, the they thing. are interested in re-signing him. When John Chica said we're His willing to pay him. His agent has said, yes, Taylor Hall will seriously consider re-signing him. I think he likes it here. I, I know that I there's that I don't know yet. Push. I mean, he hasn't been here that long. But I know there's that push that he's definitely going to Montreal. And again, <sighs> this is a guy that has Why? done a lot of losing but, in his career. Why does he want to purposely we, lose but we in a crazy Canadian market? Yes, yes that sounds great. He's already but tried we, that. We, we you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, no, he's not going to Montreal. We talked about this. The other benefit of him being in Arizona when it comes to July 1st is that he already has three quarters of a season of that he knows what it would be like if he were to sign long-term in Arizona. Exactly. He doesn't have that with any other teams. It was was for both sides, right? It wasn't just the Coyotes to look at him. It was for him to get a sense. That's what John Shiger said. We want to sell him on Arizona. We want him to want to play here after being here a while. And look, it's also possible that some team like Colorado throws too much money at him in the offseason sure. and he can go play with Nathan McKinnon and, and then there's nothing you could do nope. and you lost Kevin Ball. Right, and that's the, exactly. There was there was really no significant acquisition cost for this, so it was worth the risk. And yeah, if, if Colorado comes calling and offers the money, yeah, you got to... If Taylor yeah. Hall makes that choice, tip the cap. I can't blame him. Yeah. Exactly. But he's going to have 50 games here plus potentially playoffs and he sure seems to be enjoying himself here a lot more than he was in New Jersey. So well, I mean, that's, that's not a high one. bar to clear, but yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Drew, this is now our longest podcast ever. Thanks to you, Drew. Asked once when Craig wasn't on the podcast, but it's still an issue, so I'll ask again. Why does the team struggle so much with defensive zone clearances? To my eye, they fail to clear it two to three times in one shift a couple times a game. I've counted as many as four to five a few times. Sometimes it's heavy play against them that's pinned them in, and that's, again, I, I think that may be the reason they decide to add another defenseman. Sometimes it's just slow reads. They need to make those reads and make those plays faster. That's that's what they're predicated on. They need to have quick exits from their zone. That's how their blue line is constructed. So they need to play that game. Uh, Coyote and Philly, Ryu or Ken? Mm. Street Fighter. I have no opinion on this. Ryu. Never played the game. I'm not Probably a video Ryu. game guy. Ryu. Really? Yeah. You've never played any video games? Uh, when I was a child. You okay. played like Tetris. Pong. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alex, thoughts on the Kachuk-Cassian thing? In my opinion, they're both in the wrong. Wouldn't have escalated if refs had called the first hit. Officiating seems worse than usual this season. Should refs be more accountable? Post-game reports on calls and non-calls. This is what stood out to me. I, I went through, and you could just pick out if somebody was a Flames fan or an Oilers fan. If you only make your argument based on if the guy's on your team, your argument means nothing to me. Yes, bingo. That's where I stop, right? Oh, look. <laughs> Let me see who you're following. Yeah, which team you're following? I mean, I think Alex's argument is is pretty spot on. They're both in the wrong there. I don't think officiating is worse this year than I don't either. I think that's recency bias. That's oh, this this play angered me, so now I think officiating sucks all over the league. Unless they're talking about the NFL, in which case it's terrible and yeah, worse. Yeah, or Pac-12. Well, it's always been bad and yeah, can't get true. worse. But well, at least at the least whole nation the, got to see it. I say at least they didn't get to call any prominent games. So. But <laughs> and also the thinking there are post game reports. Yeah, on there you officials. Go. Yeah. They just don't make those public. Um, Mark, is there really going to be no Coyotes representation at the All-Star game now? Well, maybe, maybe Rattaka will be there. And John, who is more fragile, Hansel or Ronto? That's how we're going to end the show this week. Jamie? <laughs> um, <laughs> those aren't words. <laughs> now i got to go back and find that clip of yes. you saying whatever you said at yes. 117. That yes, is the answer to that. All right. Such different injury history, but yes. Yeah, I mean, I, Who, who'd you pick? I said yes. He said he yes. Said, look, you have Vontae Ranta okay. with the history of soft tissue injury, lower body soft tissue injuries, and Hansel with the back, the chronic back issues. So I think, man, but, if you have back issues, oh, it's really it's it's just, impossible. That's, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, I, it's yeah. hard for me to fault Hansel for not right. being able to play with back issues. Yeah. Uh, and it's weird with the goalie. It's it's one thing if like if you have a pulled groin and you are a forward, and it's like yeah, you may need to play through this. If as a goalie you play through it, you're right. You're probably letting a lot more shots in. Yeah, it's just the. Uh, I, I think sometimes it's the mixed messages from Ronta whether yeah. he's ready to go or not. It like, looks like he's ready. Oh, then he's not ready, or he doesn't feel well, or yeah. I think that's a little troubling for his future in Arizona. And I will say this: I know it was it was weird to watch from this side. When Kemper got hurt, people say, oh, Aiden Hill's ready to step in. And Prosvitov, we want to see Prosvitov. Like, do you mm-hmm. want to be in a playoff race or do you want to see your – Prosvitov's 20, isn't he? Yeah. Do you want to see your 20-year-old goalie that's never played an NHL game step in? I would like to see the playoff race, personally. I like Prosvitov down the line. But Aiden Hill, for what they've asked of him, and, and it's, it's been, been – Yeah, he's been fine, especially for what you just said, Craig. I'm sure there are times where he doesn't think he's going to start because Ronta looks like he's ready and then he isn't. But – if you had to go with Aiden Hill the rest of the season, you are not making the playoffs. That's not a knock on Aiden Hill. He's not supposed to be ready yet. Agreed. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for us. Jamie and Craig, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hattrick Podcast. It's the 14-year anniversary of that Ovechkin goal. When you're feeling naughty. The only pumpkin thing I ever liked was whatever. <laughs> I just let it drop. Hold on. One, two, three. <laughs>